This week's episode is sponsored by Mizuno. From the crunch of gravel as we find that peaceful tempo to the taste of salt building as we run longer and faster, it all comes down to one day. The marathon is a beautiful game. In 2023, make your next marathon easier with the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro. Episode number 270 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Thanks for downloading and streaming the show. However you're listening to us, we really appreciate you joining us for the next, uh, could be 60 minutes, could be 90 minutes, pending a possible interview that we might record tomorrow after we're recording tonight. Welcome to my co-host, Bradley Croker, up in Canberra, on his return to run program. How are you this evening, Bradley? Not too bad, Brady. Thanks. It's Good to uh, finally be doing some exercise again. I reckon the last, what's it been, seven weeks is probably the least amount of exercise I've done since 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. Since 2008? Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, like 2008, or maybe to end it, yeah, 2008, I sort of stopped running for a while and tried to get big in the gym. Um, (laughs) No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I did. So the difference was it's like, when you're a runner and you jump on the scales, you're like in a pair of undies where <laughs> when I was trying to bulk up, I was jumping on the scales and I had my shoes on and my jumper on and I still never hit 70 kilos. I've got to get, I've got to see some pictures. Actually, I'll send you some. I've got some. Oh, that would be ideal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I was obviously still training, but I, I definitely wasn't doing a lot of cardio and um, I haven't done a lot of cardio in the last seven weeks either because I've Basically, wasn't doing any cross training. I think the last time you sent us photos, you were like an overweight ten-year-old. Remember that? That come up one episode. How you were a bit over, a bit chubby as a kid. I'll find you. I'll find your photo during the episode and send it to our group chat. I'm looking forward to seeing that. My other co-host is down in Anglesey. He's got a race this Saturday night. I think it is. It's about eight weeks out from the Osaka Marathon. Julian Spence, how are you going tonight? Oh, is it eight weeks? That makes me feel a little better. Is it? I'm guessing that. Maybe eight, four. maybe nine, seven. What are you telling me? Somewhere around uh, there, isn't it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I reckon it's more like seven Ooh, okay. or eight. No, no, maybe it is eight. Maybe you're right. It is eight. That's, that's great news because uh, I was just wondering how I was going to fit a few more long runs in, to be honest. So that's that's good. Need the extra week, you reckon? Oh, well, yeah, the extra week's big here. You're going all right. I think you're in a good spot. Oh, uh, it's the long runs that'll get me. Playing on your mind not... a bit more. Like the longer we go, the more seriously you're taking it. The closer we get. Yeah, I'd say so. And it, it when you when you don't have the long runs under the belt, you start to worry what might happen in the last ten k. Because I've never really been in that position. I've always been pretty long run heavy. 
if anything. So to go to a start line of a marathon light there, that's the that's my worry, and it, it's never easy, regardless of how fit you are in the back end of a marathon. So to um to have it when you're unfit or not ready for it, that's <laughs> it could hurt, especially if I get ambitious and start to run a lot harder than I should be. That's that's the point I was going to make, Moose. If you're sensible and you're not too ambitious early, I think you'll be fine. Mm. Yeah. You, you do well, like racing though, Moose. Yeah, well, everyone you, likes Well, I think you like, get a lot of white line fever compared to some people. Yeah, I, def, I do. Even I in, def. A perfor- in a as a good thing, as a performance point of view, like some of those AV races, you probably shouldn't have been running as well as you were running, but you just find something once you get on the gun. And I don't like... I like I... I don't race that often, so when I do, it, it, there's probably a little bit more um, water in the well to to get into, <clears throat> rather yeah. than rather than like if you're racing often, it might just take the edge off your your racing um, capacity. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then you go into a foreign country, spending hours on an aeroplane, like yeah, you'll find reasons to dig deep. Yeah, and yeah, set the bar it, high. It, I was having a conversation with Liam, a guy that is in town, Geelong runner, and he he said, "Oh, what do you what do you think you're going to run?" And in my head, I have no idea because you have to have some sort of idea about what effort or pace to go at it, um, and and there's a big range of what I what I potentially could run. I could I so. It's, it, I have no idea right now. A lot of people saying, oh, what do you think you can run? And the answer is I honestly don't know and I probably won't know until one second after I finish. Actually, that's not true. I probably won't know until the 34, 35K mark and then I'll be able to give you a bit of an update. This weekend, though, 10K will give you some good data. Just, I, just how you're going. Not, not, not really kind of like no, marathon not, data, but just general fitness data. Yeah, general fitness data. Like, that's right. How are you going to get to thirty k data? Yeah, it's 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 the fact that the ten k is not that relevant to the marathon. That that's the problem. It won't give me that much insight. Hmm. Has it changed your? Because I think last week you said you know you weren't going to be doing too many more k's than what you currently are, but now you're a bit concerned with like that sort of marathon strength at the back end. Has it changed where you might increase it a little bit now? I I don't. No, I won't. I, I'm a, I've still got to stay pretty sensible because if I want to have a crack later in the year, I can't ruin it in the front half of the year. So I'm I'm going to be sensible about it and I'm just going to deal with the consequences of not having the, the long stuff in the legs. After doing this for 270 episodes, we started with the like questions at the end of the weekly recap here, Coach. Well, let's leave recap Monday through to Sunday and then maybe we'll have no questions for him because we just asked them all. Take us to Monday, Moose. You come off Christmas all right? People writing in last week about how you, your rant about spending time with your random cousin who likes going deer hunting, they really related to that, so good work. Good, good, yeah. And I did think, like, I have some some cousins who run, but they're actually the ones that I want to hang out with. So um, if those cousins are listening, <laughs> we, uh, we're all right, me and you. Wasn't that side um, of the family, the other side? <laughs> There's not really anyone in particular. I was just making an example. Um, so, yeah, I ran, I ran on Monday actually way too quickly with Ali. Oh, I guess it wasn't too bad because we only had a um, 
a shorter long run on the Sunday. So uh, I ran with um, on the Saturday. So I ran with Ali 55 minutes. Uh, we went out and back on this like uh, the road she lives on, Bamber Road. So that was pretty good. Um, pretty fast actually. We got going too too hard, I think, but. Uh, it was okay because it was no real risk. It was just the next day we had the race. So the Rue run, so it was really warm. I ended up jogging from my house. The race was um, scheduled for 6.45, so I left at 6.05 from my joint and ran over the hill to the start line. I'd already put my bag down there. And the race was delayed. Uh, they said it would start at 7 but I think it ended up starting at, if I have a quick look, 7.15. So it was a half an hour late. Uh, I think they did that because of the tide. The um, tide was dropping and they needed it to drop so that they could get around the, the like the rocks. Uh, if, at a high tide, it's not passable. And at a low tide, it's really passable, but it was like a mid tide. So they gave it an extra half an hour. But that just means like we're all standing around on the start line um, we, in pretty hot weather uh, I'm just going to see what my run says in terms of weather because it was warm it said 29 degrees um, which isn't that bad oh it's pretty warm in that 29 hot. full sun yeah. as well a bit of cloud cover no that was sun at that point yeah that's hot uh, yeah yeah it was it's pretty hot and it is for a racing in- intensity so, one, like, the gun went. I really didn't want to go too quick at the start, but I'm just a bit of a, an idiot. <laughs> so I, I, I went around the sand. Um, Pete Kerr was leading at probably, like, the 500-metre mark, and I was just behind him, and we go on the track up this hill that goes from, um, let's just say it goes from the beach to... Uh, up to 50 meters basically um, over a probably a, a K and so that's a decent climb I, 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 I think Pete dropped early I decided that my best chance in this race was to go harder early up the hills because I know the hill pretty well and I know the downhill on the other side really well too so it's pretty steep this downhill um, so I P dropped, and then but I did have footsteps behind me. It was Liam Coglin. He's a Geelong Div One runner. He's done pretty well. I think he ran four minutes flat the other night at the fifteen hundred, and he's he's run quite well. But I'm not sure how he goes on hills. But he was there right with me at the top of the hill. But then I gapped him on the downhill. This was me pretty much all out at the start of this race trying to get this this gap. And then the race heads onto the beach and into the sand and the, the wind. So that was a pretty solid headwind um, into the soft sand. And we run through the river. The river was up. So you're in like knee-deep river for about 20 metres. Uh, and then up onto the soft sand again and around the, the, the fast bit of the course is like, a, is like about a K stretch. No, it's less than that, about 800 metres of concrete footpath. And then we do a U-turn on the bridge, back on a dirt path, probably like two-person wide path, um, spit back out onto the beach, 
onto the sand through the river again and then a sand finish the whole way back to the, the finish line you're on the beach and because it's a mid-tide there's still quite a bit of water sitting on the sand so it was not a, a firm beach to run on and it was one of the hardest fucking things I've ever done in my life this race like I was I was proper cooked at the end from from about the 4k mark I was searching for the end and in my head I'd done the math and I'm I'm thinking you could come fourth today that'd be all right even though I was ahead by about 15 seconds at that point that's how much in strife I was uh that and it, the heat just had got to me my head was on my head was so hot and my throat so each time I took a breath I had this like hot feeling at the back of my throat like burning because of that I was sucking so much hot air in and yeah when I got to the finish line I basically just like kind of collapsed to the ground not not out of control collapsed I just I went over to the the water and just like let just drench my head but I, I couldn't cool down it took me about 15 minutes of just standing around to actually cool down enough where I could have a conversation with someone so although this was just a little local brew run, I, 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 I just I went to a dark place in this race that I probably didn't need to, and the heat had a lot to do with it, and also hard hard push up the start up the hill, it gets you lactate immediately, and then you've still got another like six k after that. Oh, I'm sorry, another four k after you've fully gassed it up the hill to get through. It's it's like a cross country race. And 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 you're, the fast bit, the flat bit, it's it's going through a river, it's on the beach, on sand, it's climbing over some rocks. Uh, it's it's not a quick place to run, and everything about it feels tough. And that's kind of the feedback I had at the end from everyone else as well. Everyone else said, "Oh, that's so hard." Back to but back yeah. wins, though. Take that. I did win. I did win. So I was pretty happy about that. Must but, be hard. You've averaged three twenty-eight, and what you've just described feel like like sounds like it was terrible. Yeah, that sixty-nine I, meters I, I, elevation. Yeah, what time did you I run did, last year? Oh well, the course. So the this this fucking nightmare actually. The course. <laughs> um, so on the start line, the gun's about to go off, and uh, the race director Mick, who I know quite well, and like we get along really well, but he he came up to the start line and he said, "All right, so here's the course." You go down here, you turn left, you jump over the hill, you go across around that sign, you go through the men's shed, then you're going to go around the park, through Fairyland, turn left, back on the beach, turn right, go around the flag and head for home. And everyone was just standing there going, what? And Pete Kerr made a joke. He's like, so it will be somewhat marked, won't it? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Marcus, Marcus it's all good. And so I'm like, all right, cool, we'll go. And And... We got to a point, because I, I was one of the only locals there on the start line who actually kind of understood what he was talking about for some of the areas. Like, he was using local names for places that no one would have any idea about. But I turned the corner, like the U-turn on the bridge that we were supposed to make. There was a marshal there, all good, so you go right. And then there was this, I knew that we had to turn left again at some point, but I wasn't exactly sure of which um, turn it was. And I just thought, oh, there'll be a marshal there to, to tell me to turn when I get to the spot. And then I came to like an intersection, but there were there was cones there, but they weren't there in, in, laid out in any particular manner. 
So I couldn't make a decision like, and, and keep in mind that I'm going 18K an hour or less, sorry, probably 16K an hour. And I'm hitting an, an intersection that's got a few small cones on the ground in a race trying to put a little gap onto someone who's probably 10 seconds behind me and there's no sign or marshal and I don't really know where I'm supposed to be going. So I come to this intersection and I'm like, I don't know where to go. I'm just going to go straight instead of turn off because uh, this is a different, slightly different course to the year before. And so I keep running and then I'm like, it must be the next intersection. They'll have someone there that will tell me to, and a big sign to go left. And I get to that intersection and it's a similar setup with cones set out that I don't really understand. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to go straight again. And I know the way back to the boat ramp by then. And so I just ran to the boat ramp where the next marshal was. And I said, oh, I think I've gone the wrong way. And because she had no idea what, what I was talking about, she's like, no, no, you're good, just keep going, like, you, you're fine. And I thought, oh, I just hoped at that point that it, people behind me were following me yeah. so that everyone was going the, the wrong thing. way. Yeah. yeah, and everyone went the wrong So everyone went on this course. Uh, not a single person turned off it. And so there's a drink station that's probably still out there waiting for runners to yeah. come through <laughs> um, <laughs> because – no one, following no one. The leader. Picked, no, well, there was, there was following the leader, but there was also, it just wasn't marked or signposted, or there was no marshal there. Um, so, it, like, no one knew where to go. So, in the end, we all ran the same distance, which was exactly what I wanted to happen at the end, uh, because if I had have gone the wrong way, and everyone else had have gone the right way, then I would have looked like the biggest cheater of all time. Mm. No wind, 800, yeah. 800 meters less than last year, Moose. What pace yeah, did you average yeah. last year, Croaks? Uh, 332. You're pretty fit last year, weren't you, Moose? No, nah, no. Nah. So last year we went back over the hill. This year we stayed on the beach. So going back yeah, over that hill. there's two hills. You only have one hill this year. Yeah. And it's shorter, but it was way hotter. So and you had a the river, didn't you, this year to go through? More river, more river. We went through the river last year. It sounds like an interesting event. That's why when you ever go to those like small town ones, you just need a lead bike rider. Oh, the, and you and get you there, know, and if you're in a town you're not familiar with, it's just like you got a lead bike rider. Cool, like it just makes you relax. And there needed to be a bike rider at the start because as we came off the beach, we ran on. Keep in mind, this was at this time 30 degrees. That this is two days after Christmas Day. <laughs> day after, so this is peak Anglesey beach scene everyone's flocking off the beach through the trail that we run on and no one knows there's a race on so pete kerr comes off the beach he's six two or three or whatever he's a pretty big dude and straight into this family who are just like got these like like deer in the headlights one's holding a baby and he nearly he nearly killed these people and so for the next like 200 meters there's just families running straight walking straight into us running it was quite dangerous. I hope, like, I think next year they've got to have someone clear the path. But regardless, it, uh, I, because I, I ran down there, I did not organise a lift home, and so it got to the end of the presentations, and I, I was going to meet my mate upstairs for a beer at the yacht club. So I walk upstairs, he's not there. I get back downstairs, everyone's left, and I'm like, "Fuck, I got to walk home." So I had to walk home at like 8.30 at night, took about 40 minutes, <laughs> just as the sun's going down. It was quite nice. I was cooked, but 
a bit weird because I didn't have my phone or anything. It's the first time. I reckon it's been the longest I've been away from my phone. Uh, well, in a, in a very long time. And it was quite peaceful walking home without being able to be contacted or anything. Beautiful. That's Tuesday, correct? So after Wednesday. Yeah. Hey. Quick show. You boys, aren't, show doing, you boys aren't doing shit, so I've got can, to make up. Can recap a race, can't he? <laughs> He's very good at imagine, it. Imagine how long uh, a is going to be. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. 42K, Crokes. 42 <laughs> of them. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday, uh, Moose. Had some political debate. Have you got some more no, to say? We have a um, there's a running joke in one of my message groups about uh, an American female marathoner whose whose race recaps go for like a month, and she'll put out an essay every day or so. Oh yeah, Emma Bates, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's who it is. Carly's told me about that. Chicago, I reckon. I think it's everyone that oh, she's it? done. Yeah, I remember Carly yeah, mentioned it. New York, Chicago. She ran New York this year. I think she did the same after New York. Yeah, big big recap. So, boys, I might I might start doing that. If someone was typing out what you just said, it'd probably be much, <laughs> way bigger than what she wrote. That's fine, Moose. Just do it on your own personal Instagram. Yeah, transcript. <laughs> I lose all my followers. Uh, so the next day, <clears throat> I ran with Sugar, my mate, foot Anglesey guy. He's down with his family. Yeah, we we had tried to have a crack at politics, but it did not go real well. He's a uh, he was trying to tell me that. Uh, the, the the media, mainstream media, is heavily influenced by the left, and I was trying to tell him that it was influenced heavily by the right, and none of us could, none of us knew enough to actually come to a any type of legitimate debate or agreement or anything. So it was it would have been just the most painful thing to listen to. We won't get into that right now, us three. We won't. Yeah. <laughs> Next day, ran with Ali and um, Sim, who is from Ballarat. Uh, she stayed at Moggs Creek. We ran, I ran an hour eight. I actually started feeling pretty average on this run. Just kept getting achy. And then later that day, a bit sicker, a bit sicker, and went to bed early Arvo, threw up about 8 p.m., had a really shit night's sleep. And... Yeah, turns out probably gas, some sort of gastro bug or I was blaming heat stroke. I'm not sure whether heat stroke gives those symptoms or not. Certainly felt like I was just hammered by the sun and I felt nauseous and a headache, and but it was all the sort of gastro-y symptoms. But that really ruined my like time off because I've been struggling since then. I, I, I did run an hour a couple of days after that, so I had the day off in between ran an hour down with a group in Aries, then ran long 30K on Sunday morning from in Anglesey. It was a decent run, but I, I was pretty cooked at the end. Just, it got warm. Uh, I wasn't used to that being out there for so long. The climbing hit me and I was still coming off the, the gastro hangover. Humidity was 100%. So, it, uh, yeah, I, I've been kind of struggling from I think a combination of Roo Run, the Gastro, and this Long Run since then, trying to work out which one's the major culprit, but I think it's a combination. So 93K for the week. Got a race this week, the Anglesey Track Race. So, I mean, not Anglesey, Surf Coast Track Club, like 5K in at Geelong. Should be fun. Doing the 10K, 5K sold out. Oh, it's a bit of a shit fight, actually. Geelong Athletics don't want to put an extra race on. Um, 
even though there's a ton of entrants who want to do it. So we're trying to work out how to get around that. Aren't you in uh, charge though? Don't you just tell them what to do? Nah, you're not, you're not in not. charge. Nah, they're in charge, and they're, they're like it's it's the officials that we need for the event and the equipment and stuff like Geelong Athletics provide, which is great. They're being really good at helping organise, like or facilitate, I guess, providing facility and people. But because they operate the Shield event, which is on the same day, and they start up at like 11 a.m. And we're starting hours after the Shield. It's just a pretty long day. So they don't want any extra races. However, this is like the biggest event Geelong's had <laughs> in terms of numbers pretty much ever. So it would, it, it's never good turning away people who want to try track and field because a lot of the people we got running may never have done it before. And, and it just doesn't seem great for the sport to be doing that. But I guess we've got we, – so we had 50, 50 in the 50K and then the entries shut off and a bunch of people trying to enter still and can't get in. So we, we don't have a proper solution yet. I'd say stay tuned to the Surf Coast Track Club Instagram and then we'll provide, a, provide updates. No promises on the last race and entries reopening though because I think it's a bit of a um, – I think it's still a work in progress there. It's only Monday though. You've got a couple of days to sort that out. Um, what times are you going to run Croaks? 10K track? What do you got? What do you want to know what park moves? Uh, 31, 32 low, 32 low. 32, 32 low. What's the weather looking like? 28 on Saturday. What time are you racing? Um, I don't know yet. We haven't got a, we haven't got the set schedule. 7 p.m. It's going to be 24 degrees, wind of 23 k's. That could slow him down a bit, Croaks. Put a time on it. Break 31. Mm. Uh... Mm. I reckon he's in better shape than he was out at Park. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's really hard. Really hard to tell. Oh, uh, thirty fifty. Yeah, that's a good prediction. Happy with that, Moose? What are you aiming for? Uh, I, I'm going to say thir- breaking thirty-one would be a good run for me. Yeah, I, I would be really happy with a thirty-thirty. Breaking thirty-one would be. Um, Pretty good. Yep. Wait and see. What's your prediction? You you always just throw every yeah. You never do a prediction, Brady. I'm the host. Stop, I've been predicting. Stop, I predicted twenty people fence. to break through this year on the show last week. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I thought it. Yeah, I thought breaking thirty one would be a good run. It's hard to know though. Like, you don't know a lot of strength stuff. You've been smacking those four hundreds in. What were you doing? Sixty seven, sixty mm. nines the other day. So this the pace. Your legs know what the pace feels like at seventy three, seventy twos. It'd be oh, interesting. That's... You do, pace. you do, yeah, I know. You've been going quicker than that, though, haven't you? So slowing that down to seventy-three seconds should feel pretty good. Ooh, yeah, I'll do some race pace that's tomorrow. Thirty twenty-five. You're strong. You got that white line fever. Maybe you just need a decent head-to-head. Well, there'll be a group out there. I think around where I'll be at. Hopefully, got about seven. I'll got start it. at I'll start at seventy. Mate. We'll go from there. Got a name on the start list? You reckon you'll peg someone out and just go, you're mine tonight? Oh, shit. Uh, nah, I haven't even really looked at the start list. Uh, it's going to be a good ladies race in the 5K, though. So that, that'll be the fun one. We can review this later. We'll talk about that then. What about Pete Kerr? You'll take him down pretty easy? I don't think he's in the start, oh, on he? the start list, nah. Lockie Doak? 
take him. Doke, you're fucking kidding me. Who else is down there? Gunther? Him by 15, 15 minutes at fucking Rue Run, mate. You could take Gunther, couldn't you? Oh, Gunther's moving all is right. He back fit, is he? Yeah, okay. He'd, he'd, he'd have to have a bad day for me to pass him. Uh, let me look through. Let me chuck out some names. Toby Mende, Will Ford. Will Ford could be around Will where Ford. I'm at. He did that Vic Country 5K with me last year. He was strong. Ballarat boy. Dale Carroll. He's pretty fast, isn't he? Dale, yeah. Is he pretty fast? He won the Melbourne Marathon 10K. You're not getting anywhere near him. Runs <laughs> 29.20, doesn't he? All right. Well, If you can might... not get lapped by him, you're going all right. He might beat your boy Stoke. No, he pulled out at uh, Zadipek, Dale Carroll. So he might be down for a bit of redemption. Yeah. Doing the uh, early whore. What's his name? Um, Archie Reed's still in the race, is he? Is he? Is he entered? Yeah, he's entered. Archie Reed. Has he? Well, you're kidding, aren't you? Well, he's had COVID and we've just been nursing him back a bit. I'll talk about that in my week. We, a while ago, I said get it in pre COVID, but okay. That's hey, good. You've lost, the, you've lost the, the handle here. Yeah, I didn't know it was, had his name down for that, to be honest. Actually, is it still there? He's hardly ran for the last couple of days, so he's, um, yeah. I think coach. I think coach Andy Buchanan gave him the okay to race it. And Archie was... Reed is locked in. Yeah, <laughs> no, it says here submitted by coach. <laughs> coach Andy. Coach Buchanan. <laughs> here's, a, here's another bloke. If you can get within one lap of you, be going alright, I reckon. Yeah, I I, I would have got within a lap of him at Zadapak. <laughs> you would have. You finished. You would have. Yeah. Drew Fryer. I think he's from Sydney. Oh yeah. yeah. Some yeah. good names for this little meet, isn't it? It just needs meets like this to people want to do something this time of the year. Yeah, they do. Put it on they, and they will yeah. come. Yeah, and, and in the 5K, I'll go through. We might as well do Yeah, this do it now. now. Keep it rolling. Yeah. So some ladies' names. I'll read out some ladies' names. Ali Pashley, Jess Stinson, uh, Sarah Cotchett, Abby Hinman. Oh, yeah, Abby. Brooke, Bendigo Bat. Brooke Williams, Chelsea Gunther, um, Laura Salamito. Oh, Rachel McGuinness is doing the five. Oh, yeah. Good Brown race. Hook. Yeah. There, there could be some good ones in there. I reckon it'll be a good race. I reckon the ladies, they'll be in a mixed race, so they could get a couple of males in front of them, like pushing some pace. Should we see something like sub-15.30? What did Jess do in that Fitzy's five? She ran 15.25 or something, didn't she? I think that will depend on Jess, whether you see that or not. It won't depend on anyone else in that race. Okay. No stream though, is there? Nah, this is some old school stuff, mate. We we haven't organised media for this. We might get someone to pull out a phone. Yeah, you probably could. I'm not sure. Who do you even organise for streams? Is it Lockie Rayner at Athletics Exclusive? Yeah. Do you have to pay for that? Yeah, I think so. You would. Yeah. Imagine he just comes down and does it for free. (laughs) We don't have any money to pay for that stuff. Anyway, let's move on, Bradley. Tell us about your week, your return to run. Good to see some action on Strava. Mm. Yeah, so Tuesday, it's not on Strava, but Tuesday was the first bit of exercise I had done in two weeks. Uh, I went out and joined the group. Um, I was just on the bike, and uh, it was actually, yeah, good fun. Like, I can see how people, when they stop running, sort of get into the coaching and then just start riding the bike. Like, I certainly wouldn't have... uh, burnt too many many calories but it was just nice being out there and following them around and having a chat during the warm-up and cool down um and then i decided so my goal was to try and be you know back pain-free by the start of the year um and so i was unknowing when i was going to do something before um jan one but i went out on saturday which was the 31st and went down to the synthetic oval close to home 
and thought I'd just do some run slash walk. Uh, same session I did actually in January, uh, my first run in 2022 after my COVID and calf, uh, except I did it on the treadmills, five times four minutes of running, one minute walk. And um, first four minutes was pretty uncomfortable. Just, you know, that feeling we haven't like run for a few weeks, like hip back. It's like, oh, am I, am I even going to be able to like run four minutes here? Um, but every rep, it just loosened off. And so it was okay. Um, the the leg, like I wouldn't say it was 100%. Like there's awareness, but it was no different to what it was like two weeks earlier. So like it hasn't it hasn't progressed. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm just going to jog um, as long as it doesn't you know get worse and I'll just see what happens. So anyway, I did um, – like it wasn't what I did run like 452, 440, 439, 434, 428. They were the paces of my four-minute reps. My heart rate is through the roof. I hit like high 160s doing that. Like for some, like for some reason, if I have a couple of weeks of not running, like my heart rate gets up to levels that like I would be pretty much all out at when I'm training hard or when I'm fit. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on, but the heart rate and the perceived effort don't really match up when I'm coming back. That's um, with the strap, discussed. not the wrist. No, that's strap. Yeah, okay. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how yeah. high it is, but I'm not like – like I, I could talk the whole time if I had to, but it's just for some reason um, my physiology just means that I obviously get super unfit real quick in terms of heart rate. Um, so anyway – um, got through that. Then the next day I went out to Mulligan's. This was, yeah, New Year's Day. Did three by 10 minutes, 90 seconds walk. Um, and same sort of thing. It felt, uh, actually running felt better than it did the day before. Um, leg was identical. Like I don't have any pain be- before or after, so that's positive. Um, first 10 minutes was 434s. Second one's 428, 423. Average 163 heart rate for 423s for the last 10 minutes. So shape is shape is good, as Christian would say, or not good. Um, so that's my week. Did uh, how many k's? Like that was seven k on the uh, on the Sunday and about four. So yeah, eleven k. So then you'll do similar, but add maybe that third run in this week. Yeah, I ran today. I did um, uh, I did seven and a half k just just straight today. Yeah. So it hasn't, yeah, like it's not getting any worse and it's not, like when I'm running, it's not, I wouldn't say it's painful. It's just that it's not, it's not how the other leg feels. Um, and knowing how bad it was when I first did it, I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't be confident of doing a session. If I did a session, it would flare up, I'm sure. But I, but I think it can handle jogging. Um, so what I think I might do is go to the doctor and just get a referral for an MRI. And if it, like if it does deteriorate, I'll just go and get a scan and just see what's going on. Um, but I'm hoping that just slowly increasing the amount of jogging I do will just it'll just sort of disappear um, because yeah, as I said, it's not it's not painful to run. There's just some awareness there which I would like to be gone before I get back to full training. Shouldn't you just get the scan anyway just to uh, see what's going on? Yeah, I don't know, but it's not. I don't know. Like if I can run, I don't know. If, like but I ran it's not seven fully better. Yeah, like, like yeah. yeah, just to eliminate so, things more than anything. Yeah, I might go and get a scan in the next couple of weeks. But I'm just, I'm, please, I'm going to keep jogging. I'm not, I'm not going to now take another two weeks off because yeah, that didn't doesn't work. feel right. No. Yeah, whistle through my week. Did um 11k with some strides on Monday. So this was yeah 22 days after Valencia. So starting to get into a 
bit of quicker running. First time I'd ran fast since Valencia, so it was good to do those strides. Felt like a baby giraffe in the first couple, just um, biomechanically a bit over the shot, but it was good afterwards. Good to go a bit quicker. Tuesday morning, caught up with the uh, the Reed brothers. Archie and his older brother was in town, Oscar. You boys met Oscar before? No. I reckon he was at our live show. Yeah, I've met Oscar. Yeah. It looks very similar to Archie. Yeah, same mum and dad, so it often happens in families like that. So, um, yeah, probably a bit better looking, I reckon, Oscar than Archie. Got the tips in the hair. You know how they do that in Melbourne? Have, like, the Who's bleach. Who's smarter? Uh, Oscar's older. He's an engineer or something, so we'll probably give him the, oh, the smartest folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, depends. Archie's probably got more street smarts, I reckon, but with the academics, we'll go with Oscar. We did three by five minutes. So first got to work out. Um, as I said, Archie was coming off having COVID, so we just want to check how he felt at a pace. Average 326 pace for the five minutes, so very slow compared to, you know, a pace we'd usually train at, but it felt good. 90 seconds jog between. Three was enough. It was pretty hot, I reckon. Maybe like, oh, maybe I should click on Strava here to tell me. I didn't even rock up with a singlet for the warm-up. What was it, 20, 22? Nah, I felt held on that. Strava's ripping me off a bit there. You guys notice that? I reckon Strava just takes a few off. Takes a few what? Degrees. It's always oh, less. Yeah. They always say it's less than it actually was. I was surprised to see 29 before. When, yeah, when you I were said thinking that. worse, yeah. I'm, I was like, oh, this is like mid-30s at least. I'm not clicking on them anymore. I'm just making it up. But it is when you start the session. I guess this session only took 18 minutes, but if you've done a longer session and it heats up pretty quick when the sun comes up, you're getting mm. the data from when you click go on your watch. That was good to do that. Um, on Wednesday, I did 50 minutes, 4.32s. Christian in the comments here telling me to go home and not start running until the 2nd of January. But I feel like you've got to start doing little bits of intensity to kind of do the training, to be able to do the training. Um, once, you're, once you're through those first couple of weeks where you're not like injury sore. So I felt like I'm not biting off more than I can chew here. Thursday, did 60 minutes at 4.32. Put a video up of some fish there, boys. You see that on my Strava? Look how yeah, dirty I that water the, is. Yeah, I, so fish. I don't know like exactly what's going on, but I think because of the floods, the water is so dirty that the fish have to come to the surface to try and get some oxygen because there's oh. not enough oxygen in the actual water. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's why like, they're Murray Cod, like there. Geez, you put a line in and pull those in, you'd be taking photos on Instagram and getting hundreds of likes, I reckon. Like there, they're, they're a good catch. So they're just hovering there. You would not be eating them coming out of that river. Nah, but it'll look good for an Instagram photo, pulling one of those big bad boys in. And then all the little ones follow them. See that? That's interesting. I don't know enough about it. Should, living in a runner in a river town, but I don't. But that was nice. That was uh, Thursday, 60 minutes. And then Friday, met up with Archie again. We did some two-minute efforts. I actually took him on the warm-up to go see the fish. Same spot, no fish there. So um, not sure where they went. We did eight by two minutes. Averaged about 3.08s for me off like a minute jog, just like shuffling. I'd probably say this is probably my 10K pace at the moment, 3.8s to 3.10s. Um, felt pretty, felt like I was running three-minute pace, kind of pre-marathon. But, you know, eight, 10 seconds, okay, slower. Good to tick the legs over, though. Um, Saturday. Zaka came into town. You boys know Zaka. We did 60 minutes easy. That was New Year's Eve. So we averaged uh, 4.23s. He was half-stepping me a bit there, but that was all right. He, he does of, that, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got those little legs, like the cadence, I reckon. Just gets half a step in front of you. So I had it ran. Like, 4.23s is pretty hot for me jogging. He starts super slow, though. He starts with a five-minute K and then gets rolling. Um, we didn't, What's he up there for? Yeah, uh, he just come up for a few nights away. 
tourist town, got up here, stayed in our little, um, where I'm recording now, in the back studio, which okay. was good, get out of the big city. Did um, you have any luck with the lady while I was up there? Don't know, didn't see it. We kind of went out both nights to about 9.30, 10pm. I'm not sure what happened after that, Croaks. I'm kind of dad. He went out by himself. No, no, we got home. But, you know, these days those they, they flick on Tinder oh, or whatever yeah. it's called and you never know who could be down in the, the Airbnb. Was his phone just pinging the whole time? No, he's actually very good at, like, not even having his phone anywhere near it. Like, yeah, he puts his phone away and just, just gets engrossed in the conversation. It's a very intellectual. Talking about people who are very smart. You're having very deep and intellectual conversations with Zach and Newman when you're having a few beers with him. Just one on one, so I really—that's en- a big surprise to me. I very much enjoyed my time um, with him over the two days. So that was New Year's Eve. We were a bit dusty that morning. I reckon we had a bigger night on the night before New Year's Eve. So that morning we were a bit dusty. That was the last run of the year, though. And then on New Year's Day we did eighty minutes, four uh, eighteenths. So um, we kind of yeah skipped along a bit there. That was hot as well. I'm going to say that was at least 25 degrees. Tell you what Strava reckons, probably 18. But um, yeah, 24. So that was hot, full sun. Got some heat gains there. So that was a good week. I think it was 93K. Back into the routine of running. Just slightly increased those workouts this week. And then, um, yeah, just slowly build it back up. If I can get around that 110, 120 this week and go from there. I might actually, I was thinking, as you were saying, Archie's racing down there, Moose. I might jump in the car and come down with him Saturday night. Yeah. What do you reckon I'd run Crocs at 10k on the track? Do you reckon I'd be able to beat Moose, 31 dead? Mm, you should be able to, be hard, given yeah. you haven't been out for that long. I haven't done intensity for a while, though. I don't know. That's pretty hard track race to come back into. I know, yeah. Like I'm saying 308 for two minutes felt hard. Anyway. Yeah. I'd like to, you should It'd be an interesting, um, or maybe I'll just go smack a park run, just to see, yeah, just to measure the level of fitness. Well, I think we got a good long run the next day. I think, um, like, Jess is staying down, so there's going to be a decent crew around for a long run. Mm-hmm. Leave it with me. Might get, oh, actually, no, I've got my cousin's 21st, actually. Just remembered that. Just planning ahead, getting excited. Let's thank the Patreon supporters, though, fellas. Kick us off, Croaks. All right, I've got Richard Quirk. Uh, Rich lives in Gordon Park, Queensland, and I'm pretty sure his marathon PB is 242 from the 2006 Gold Coast Marathon, so pre-Strava days. Uh, more, more recently, he's run 17.53 at the Kedron Park Run, 81.16 at the 2022 Sunshine Coast Half, 2.54 at last year's Noosa Marathon, and 2.57 for 20th place at the 2022 Queenstown Marathon. So thanks for your support, Richard. Who you got, Moose? Kyra Miller from Alfredton, which is in Ballarat. Uh, Kyra has run 338 at the 2022 Melbourne Marathon. So recent. I wonder if that was her first. I think she, she may have run faster than that before. Has a 139 half marathon at the 2022 Run Melbourne event. Plays netball and coaches or coached the Lake Wenderee netball t- team. I think it's just Wenderee Lakers. I don't think they're called the Lake Wenderee netball team. However, it's pretty close. Has a couple of kids, definitely. Might be a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, I'm sure about that. She seems a bit too classy for that because Cairo used to shop at the uh, Ballarat store mm. and has um, been to the Geelong store as well. Plenty of class in Collingwood supporters, Moose. Big season coming for the past. I don't know. Not from my experience over the last 36 years <laughs> of my life. 
I'm going to thank Ryan Doherty from Darwin Northern Territory. He's quick. Uh, it's hot up there too, so these are quick times. 1646, the Night Cliff Park Run. I've got a feeling that could be nearly the fastest park run ran in the Northern Territory. Just throwing something like that out there. I can't imagine too many people go much oh. quicker than that in Northern Territory, and there wouldn't be a lot of the park runs. Um, there would be a park run head honcho listening to this who probably have those details. Have those details, have those stats, and I'll put this little um, asterisk on it. They must live in Darwin. Like, you can't be Liam Adams and go up to Darwin, do park run one day, and run 1450. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine too many locals in Darwin can run quicker than 1646. I reckon Ryan well, Doherty's our man. You remember Bart, Craig Davis? He lived in um, Tiwi Islands, I reckon, mm, for yeah, a bit. Did, yeah. and, and he would go to Darwin and do the park run occasionally. I reckon he's run faster oh, okay. than that. Yeah, and that's but incredible. He was living up there. He was living there, but he's not from there. Yeah, well, Ryan might not be as well because some of his PBs are in other spots, like the Adelaide Marathon in 2019, where he yeah, ran well, 244. He on the podium that day, Croaks, you reckon? I reckon we've said his name before. Mm, I don't know. A bit close at Adelaide. Yeah. He may have also won the 2018 Kangaroo Island Marathon. So this guy's quality. Thank you, Ryan, mm. for your support. Kyra, for your support. And Richard, if you like what we do at the Inside Running Podcast, brings you some entertainment, um, you enjoy hearing the interviews, all those kind of things to keep the lights on. We need patrons to support us at Inside Running. No, patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast. Three different tiers on there. Top one gives you access to all the bonus content we've ever produced. So if you're a busy time of the year, a lot of podcasts aren't recording through this festive season and you're looking for some content, keep your company on runs, perfect time to sign up. Probably get 300 hours worth of content by uh, signing up to that top level. And we got um, we got some marathons coming up. Like, I reckon we'll get a Road 2 series happening soon. Yeah, there's two Road Once 2 series. Once the announcements get yeah. made. There's a few. There's the bonus, the next bonus content show. We're definitely working on that. We talked off air last week about potential panelists, um, and just not 100 percent sure which direction we're going soon. But there'll be something. Don't worry. And there's a lot of good people. And I feel like we've got a lot of good characters now that the listeners know, and you can just chuck them on panels together, and they're going to have fun. Yeah, yeah. With so many options out there, it's hard to know where to look for your next marathon racing shoe. Through extensive research and testing. Mizuno has created a shoe that is fast like no other. The Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro looks different and feels different. Building on 25 years of experience designing plates for shoes, Mizuno has combined a carbon-infused wave plate with a maximal Mizuno Energy Light Plus midsole to create a racer that is built for speed and made to last the distance. Created to maximise performance where you need it, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro offers over 50mm of cushioning under the midfoot, designed for ultimate propulsion, all while meeting World Athletics regulations. From tackling the full or half marathon distance to bringing down those shorter distance PBs, Mizuno has you covered on the road with the Wave Rebellion Pro. Runner news, Devonport Mile. This is probably the big story of the week because the two big dogs over 1,500, Ollie Hoare and Stuart McSwain, were down at the carnivals, the Tassie carnivals, I think is the, uh, what they, the terminology they use down there. They were running handicap miles, so both the boys were starting off scratch. They had to try and pick up everyone starting in front of them. Um, I think a lot of our listeners know what handicap racing looks like now. Thanks um, to you. Thanks to me, yeah. yeah. As a two-time stall sash winner, I can tell you all about it on here. Um, the boys did both go down there, and they, they brought us some entertainment, to the entertainment at a time of the year where there isn't a lot of running entertainment. 
Um, the promoter, Richard Welsh, has been on the show a number of times. I'm sure he had a big part in getting them there, especially Ollie. Stewie's and Julie pretty much there every year when he's down home uh, visiting his family. But the first one was Devonport Mile, which was on the 29th of December. Uh, Ollie got second. So Aaron Harvey won. He was off 140 metres. He ran 402.5. Ollie Hall was second. He ran 403.7. Angus Lenecki was third. He ran off 170 metres and ran 403.8. And Stewie was fourth, 403.9. It was good seeing all the people tuning into the live stream just as these boys were racing. I enjoyed the commentary. Grant Penny, mm. like, I think he lost his breath a couple of times because he just couldn't keep up with the words he was spitting out his mouth. He was um, struggling to, yeah, had to come up for air a few times, but he built the hype. I loved the introductions. They kind of put some real epic music because they introduced, like, most of the field and just go through their names and what mark they're starting off. And then um, when they got to Ollie, or they got to Stuart, oh, sorry, Ollie first and gave him a pretty good introduction and then got to Ollie, I mean, Stewie. Stuffed that up twice there. And um, the crowd was up and about. And the boys mm. probably, they went hard. I think it was like a 58, 59 first 400. And then just probably lost a bit in the middle there. Weren't as aggressive as probably they should have been in the end. But then pulled in everyone bar Aaron for Ollie. So I thought, thought he looked pretty good with 50, 60 metres to go to, to close some people down there. What do you think, Croaks? Um, yeah, entertaining because you, like somebody, like somebody started 400 and, like over 400 metres in front, so a whole lap. And for a long time, you don't think they're going to get anywhere near it. But then in the last 200, they seem to, like, mow down a lot of people. Um, I was surprised by – because normally on the Diamond League circuit, we see Stewie, like, doing all the work, whereas both in Devonport and Bernie, he sort of sat back and let um, let Ollie do a fair bit of the work. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, enjoyed the – enjoyed the hype like grant does a really good job like he well firstly he, re- he knows a lot of the athletes in the field does a lot of research and just the level of excitement in his voice like gets everybody so pumped up i reckon um we should get him on one one week to introduce moose at the start of the show that would uh, bring the energy well and, you, uh... it's funny you say that because i got, got a different take on it i felt like it was a little overboard and like to me, it just it sounded a little erratic, the commentary. It, I didn't really gain a lot from it. It'd be um, very hard to do because yeah. where do you look? Like, it's not like you look in one spot. Pink. Yeah, exactly. It was a mess out there. It, it was, like, a, it was mess, a full yeah. on mess. And 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 the commentary was a little bit like that too, because he was basically just calling random names out. No one knew where they were. <laughs> and the camera uh, didn't know where to go because yeah. the camera's like, do you go for the winners? Do you go to Ollie? Who's in the middle? Like. Yep. Yeah, I guess I was talking more probably the pre-race, like just introducing everybody. It sort of got the the excitement levels up. His uh, energy was, was great. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a bit of very hard thing to do. Um, yeah, I reckon he was on a diet of throat lozenges between the two races just to recover in time. Yeah, because then he had they had a day off, didn't they? And then they moved yeah. from Devonport to Burnie, which is the bigger one, the one on New Year's Eve. Um, so we kind of expected like. I don't know. I, somehow I expected, okay, they got second and fourth. Now we're going to see one and two. Because it'd be generally, I thought, it'd be the similar people in the race. And sometimes I know they make adjustments from the data they get from Devon, Devonport to go, well, this person, you know, Aaron, for example, would have got pulled. He wouldn't have been off 140 when he was racing Bernie. Um, but Abby, Abby Butler got the win at this one. She had a 320-metre head start. She ran 358.2. James Fricomi was second off 180 metres. He ran 359.0. Jimmy Hansen was third, so he got a 30-metre head start on Ollie 
and um, Stewie in around 401.5, Stewie 404 for six, and Ollie was 12th in 409. So you'd nearly, I oh know Stewie's probably still ran better than Jimmy, but Jimmy's probably mm. ran better than Stewie there because he's beaten him by eight seconds and only had to give him 30 metres. Um, yeah, he yeah. only got 30 Jimmy, head start. Um, Jimmy was good in that Jimmy first one like too. Fifth or, fifth or sixth in the first one, yeah. so he's had, a, he's had a good couple of races there. When they went him, he just tacked on, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't, it's funny, like the only reason I was really watching both of these races was to see who was going to win in the race between Stewie and Ollie. And so for, for me, Bernie, once um, once Ollie got gapped, which was, you know, probably halfway through the race or maybe three quarters of the way, um, yeah, like Stewie sort of, you know, put a fair bit of time into him, which it's sort of hard in these races because, like, what's what's the incentive for Ollie to, like, really push hard now? Like, you know, he finished 12th. He's, yeah, so it's pretty it's, – I think it's easier to switch off in these sort of races when, you, when it's not your night. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It, well, I – the incentive is to not cop a fine from them, because if you do switch off, they fucking fine you, Craigs. Mm. Yeah, but I don't think Ollie's too. Con- yeah, well, I don't think Ollie's too concerned about that. But... Imagine fining Ollie after this race. Yeah. But I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he switched off, but Ollie, de- uh, Stewie definitely put a lot of time into him. He wouldn't have switched off. There was still probably 10, 15 yeah. people behind him. Like he's probably finished midfield. It wasn't like he was running in at the very back there. I don't know why they don't because they do it at stall. I kind of brought it up in our group chat that. Um, if you got big names like Ollie and Stewie, you should bring in a limit, I think. Maybe people will go me for that and say it's not inclusive. But I know that Herb Heedem in the store one, it's like a limit of well, – it, it changes, but it's around a similar mark. Like I was the front marker last year for 130 metres. So unless you're running a certain time, um, you're not in the race. And I would have loved to see, you know, maybe there wouldn't have been 25, 30 people in these miles. Maybe there would have been 10, 15, but a kind of condensed field so it's easier to follow. And it gives the, the big dogs at the back a bigger chance to win. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree harsh? with that. I thought it was carnage out there. And it just, I mean, really, they're running more than a mile when they're having to go around so many people. And, I mean, that's part of, I know that is part of yeah, racing. Yeah, it it more difficult. Yeah, but there's, how, with the, with the, the such, like, contrast in, in um, speeds that they're travelling at, like, it, it kind of looks ridiculous when you've got these guys moving past at, what's that, like 25K an hour yeah. or something. I don't know what it is. And then you've got some people that are running maybe like four-minute Ks by, from what it looked like. It, it, it doesn't look appropriate. <laughs> but, they did a good job. Got um, people in the States talking about, obviously, Ollie being there. It was funny re- reading the Let's Run for them. They just couldn't, like, figure out what was going on. People, like, couldn't yeah. – people thought Ollie had, like, had a falling out with on because he wasn't in an on kit, and it's just like they didn't understand the colours and all those kind of things. Um, and I thought Ollie did a good job. I listened to his podcast today in talking about it and trying to explain it all. And he kind of put it well. He's like, this is an exhibition. Like, this is a show. It's not about elite performance and just having elite runners there um and i was yeah i know he probably got some good money to go down there but i was surprised how he spoke about how much he enjoyed the crowd and the atmosphere and the the whole component of it at a you know kind of downtime of the year for him i suppose for the um for the pro runners i've heard them talk to each other on a couple of them run in our group and i've been around them a little bit they this is what i've heard so after this race just say they catch up on Tuesday or whatever at training. They'll say, oh, what was your time? And they'll, like, say, let's just pull a name out, James Francombe, 
who came second at Bernie will be like, yeah, 359.09. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's bloody good. How is – how? I don't understand how times are matter at all in this. In, because yes. So in the mile, generally, if you can run four minutes off your mark, you're winning the race. Yeah. So, like, so then that's why, like, Shuey's broken four at this race before. So I think, I don't know, it's windy, the race didn't go his way. He ran 404. He might be looking at that going, oh, I've gone – gone 359 off the same mark in this race before on the same piece of grass maybe it was wet heavier those kind of things but in pro terms it's like yeah i know what you mean you actually haven't you haven't run a 359 mile but james rancombe's not saying he's around 359 mile he's saying and and you'd assume his whoever he's talking to if he's a pro runner as well knows what mark he's running off but don't, don't doesn't your mark change every race not every race. Sometimes you've got to do, like, there's certain rules. I know there used to be one in the Victorian Athletic League. If you had three satisfactory performances, then you'd get a lift. So, like, you might go five metres out if you performed. Like, if they say, hey, you're running hard, you're trying here, you're still not going, getting near the win, we're going to put you out five metres. Um, so, the, so the better you run, the, the, like, the further forward you go. The, Is that what you mean? The better you try, and then they used to have like so the better people, you try. Well, so, <laughs> maybe not the so better you try. People out there judging your mm-hmm. effort, going, "Hey, you're trying real hard." Yeah, yeah. So that so then people, what people will do, and this is what the sketchy part was. So people would rock up to three races, go, "Well, I just need to show up, get me entry, and go around, and then I'll get me five meter lift, and then I'll do the same thing for the next three races, get another five meter, and they play the game." So then when it gets to stall in April, they might be running off 30, 40 meters ahead of where they were in december and then they come out and shit it in so it's like so they're watching you going hey mate doesn't even look like you're trying here that's why some people do sessions in the morning before they go to the race in the afternoon so you, you look like you're fanging it but your legs are just cooked from the workout that morning so sounds like a real sound, real, sound I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if anyone still does that but there was yeah some sketchy behavior definitely going on in the pro running world in the past and then because the bookies are involved then you know when your training partner's ready to win because you're you're getting all this intel from training and you just load up on him at the bookies. He wins so the prize can, money, gets the sash. You can bet on your own races? Yeah. Yeah, when I won stall the first time, I was paying 12 bucks 50 to get up that day. And I, did you, did nah, you get on nah, yourself? Nah, Isn't definitely. that illegal? Surely that's illegal. No, nah, but you get like people. I don't know. I've never – and I didn't look at stall this year what I was paying just because I didn't want to know. Um, but, yeah. Now, nah, my old man's like, do you think you're going to win? I'm like, nah, no chance. I'm just here because I got an invitation. And then I won, and he's a bit of he's a big punter. He was shattered. So there, it's a different system down there. Um, listen to Ollie; I think he did a good job of explaining it. But yeah, that's what that means, Moose. So if anyone can run four minutes off their mark, they're looking like they're a chance to win one of these things. Oh, yeah. Ah, some more world record. Not some more world record chat. Some world record chat. Izzy Bat Doyle. She broke the Parkrun world record in Aldinga Beach in South Australia. She ran fifteen twenty-five. Um, and this record, Melissa Courtney Bryant from the UK, she had the record, she broke it last week. So she only had the record for a week when she ran 15.31 to beat Samantha Harrison's female parkrun world record at the pool park run. So um, what's Izzy's PB? 15.08? Uh, a bit quicker than that, like 15.05 or 6 or something, 4. How many people yeah. in Australia, if it's a legit 5K, can get within 20 seconds of their track PB at a at a park run. Mm. Very difficult to do. 
It's a tr- it's weird though the the parkrun world record. Of, it is, and it's getting it, weirder the more they break it. Yeah, I, every course is different. There's no sort of, I mean, there is like a wheel check on them, isn't there? Or they're supposed to be, but I see people running parkruns on Strava that are way off. Some are super long, some are super short. It's all over the place. I think Izzy's so, looked pretty good on Strava though. But let me tell you, I think it's five point zero three. I think she had on Strava. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying hers is wrong. I'm yeah, saying that yeah, the idea of this yeah. world record at different locations, it does. like, yeah, it's cool to follow. And Australians, Jimmy Hansen has it still? He's got the Australian, but he missed the world one by okay. four seconds. The world one's still... Um, Andy oh, Badley? Yeah, 10 years it's been there for. Yeah, wow. So, which brings the point, like, is it something that... Like, is this good for Izzy? Like, the press it brings, the ASICs look at this going, hey, this is good, thanks for getting us in the running kind of media. Um, you know, she's a small business owner over there with her coaching. Like, does it bring credibility to have potential clients? Like, is it is it something that we'll see more people look at and go, hey, this is a way that I can market myself and get attention in the running world? I see it as a good way if you're the tiered below. So, like, let's say top-tier stuff, let's – those that are running, um, getting paid big money to show up to marathons. The, the type of people I'm th- talking about, like Kipchoge, uh, you know, Cos guys, the, the best in the world types, I think it, you're not going to ever see them do it. It's the second tier type athletes that um, need to build the profile in order to help their contract when um, they're not on sort of like, they're not on world record incentives where where or they're getting paid a hundred grand to show up to marathons that kind of stuff mm. I, I think you're right though like it parkrun will promote it a lot of everyone's heard of parkrun if you're the parkrun world record holder or australian parkrun record holder like everyone knows about that mm. i think it's good as well because like, i know we've spoken previously on the show about like there's so many people out there that do parkrun but if you went down to a local park run, they wouldn't have a clue who our top 5K runners are. Hmm. So it's actually good to see some of our top 5K runners going to these community events because that's going to yeah, raise their profile. But then the people, like the punters, will go, oh, yeah, who's that? Easy Bat Doyle. Okay, I'll start following her on Strava or I'll take more of an interest in her races, which might then get them interested in the sport as a whole. So I think there's a there's a place for it. Like I don't get, I don't get real excited about the actual world record in itself because yeah the, all every course is different but i think it's good promotion for the sport amongst the punters out there how do you turn in that course just looking at it on strava so yeah it's um yeah i think it's good whenever general punters are talking about um running especially yeah. people that like running are talking about running that's um that's good for me i reckon interesting to see how low it gets because like 15 25 is getting like do you think we see it under 15 yeah, I think someone. I think someone will break fifteen at some point. Yeah, yeah. Madrid ten k croaks these New Year's yeah. races over in Spain. Yeah, which I, I'll, I'll go through the results and Moose will go through the results of Barcelona. But I got a question about these New Year's um, events. So in Madrid, Josh Cheptegei returned to racing. So this was his first race since the World Championships. It was a ten k, uh, one in twenty seven oh nine, beat Mohamed Katir, who ran twenty seven nineteen. And Jesus Ramos was third in 27.52. Um, the exciting thing that came from this, though, in the press conference afterwards was that Cheptegei confirmed 
he will defend his World Cross Country title in Bathurst on the 18th of February and that he'll likely make his marathon debut after the Paris Olympic Games. So um, that's exciting, knowing that we'll be seeing Cheptegei um, in Bathurst. Very exciting. Yeah. It's good. Very. He's the top dog. The get to, top dog. Get to see him in person, boys. That's going to be good. Yeah. You know, Craig Watcher won this race? Back at, yeah. Yeah, Craig oh, yeah, Watson won this race in 2000 and or oh, he was third to Kipchoge in 2007 when Kipchoge broke 27 minutes. Yeah. Um, but Motram bet Tergat um, to win this race. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, not, yeah, or we got that from Zacher on the weekend actually, so I'll give him credit for that. But we're talking about this race that was in uh, 2005. Mm, okay. So the women's... To Tergat. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go to the women's. Uh, Prisha Chesang from Uganda. She won in 3019. Francine Neon Saba from Burundi was second in 3058. And Beatrice uh, Chepkowicz, who's the steeplechase world record holder, she was third in 3106. Bit slower for the ladies. We've come to predict or oh, come to see them coming under 30, haven't we? Yeah. When, you see, meant... a, when you see a 39 and you think it's slow <laughs> these days. Yeah. Off-season, uh, though. Off-season for a lot of those girls. Good to be cash grab here, too, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess okay. so. Big I don't money. know what they pay. Good money in Spain. Take us to Barcelona, Moose. Yeah, well, it was 5K in Barcelona, and we had a man on the ground there, Chriso. So he was going out for runs with the Ingebrigtsens. If you didn't see that, he was very quick to post that up, that picture. Real happy with oh, his Oh, I work. didn't see the picture. I saw the Strava description saying that he was... Is that what you were talking about? I thought I saw a picture of him with. Um, oh, really? I just saw on Henry. a run with Henrik and and I thought I saw a picture. I didn't see a picture. Oh, that just might okay. be a private chat with him, Moose. Yeah, you know, nah. you two exchange photos every night. <laughs> I, I'm, I remember another picture of someone else running, but I'll look for Christian. He wasn't in it. Okay. That might have been the day after the race, actually. He just put on Strava, easy, moderate, easy, with Magnus, Jacob, and Henrik. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which that's is a good flex. And I do he love throwing names, Sunday, Chris. O. He Tim loves Kennedy it. is a listener. His first comment was, You better pick up those names you just dropped, mate. Which I <laughs> liked. You only got two <laughs> likes, but you deserve more than that. The Norwegians. Give him a like, then. I'll give him one now, yeah. I'll give yeah, him one. Don't hold out if you actually liked it. <laughs> Weren't you going <laughs> off about people liking stuff last week? People giving yep. out likes too easy? I've cracked 120 moves on your. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to delete it so there's no evidence. <laughs> Anyway, back to this race. Um, Barcelona, they run 5K, not 10K there. So the um, in the women's race, an Ethiopian with the surname Taye won in 14.21. So she actually has the world record. LGU. LGU. LGU Taye. Tay. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. Can you? Can someone have a crack at that? They did well, Moose. Tay, world champ, world champ, bronze medalist. Yeah, T-A-Y-E, Tay. 2022 Tay. Indoor, indoor World bronze. Champion. Oh, bronze, sorry, yeah, I didn't read yeah. that top bit. Yeah, she's, so, she's legit. Well, yeah, two seconds off her world record. Mm. So This whole road track thing, though, it gets a bit lost here, doesn't it? Oh, when they redid it? They redid it, and then it's road, and yeah. Well, she ran 14-12 on the track. Yeah, and she's good. She's and good. She's, she beat Const- Constance Kloster-Holven. From Germany, so we know her as Coco. She ran fourteen fifty two. So she's actually this chick's dominated really because she's won the race by about um, 
uh, what's seconds. that? 31 seconds. Good, good math, quick math. I was going to go 50 seconds, then I changed it to 40. <laughs> and then right when you said 30, I was going to say it. Um, Caroline Grobdale, the European cross-country champion, was third in 15.06. So that is a stacked race. That top three is strong. Very um, big names, yeah. Yeah, big names. In the, in the, it was that slow, to be honest, though, with the other two, because there would have been a lot of men around them. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe it wasn't that deep if Christian was 32nd. I think Coco went with it early and then sort of popped. Because um, I think Coco was after the European record, which was like 14.44 maybe. Oh, yeah. Which okay. is well within her ballpark. Yeah, it is. Uh, I reckon I watched this run one year. This is pretty quick. Oh, no, maybe it was a Monaco one. Um, Jakob Ingebrigtsen was there to run, but he was a late withdrawal. He announced he was going for the world record, but bail was sickness or illness. Or, um, it said unspecified illness. So the winner, if it wasn't going to be Jakob, was going to come from the rest of the field. So Adesu Gurma, the Ethiopian, ran in 1325. Uh, Ilias FIFA from Spain ran 1330. And Jonas Raas from Switzerland ran 13.31. So, yeah, not, not that quick. This is, doesn't seem to be on the same sort of level as the uh, the Madrid race. However, good women's field. Mm. So, Chriso was 32nd. He ran 16.06, which no good for you, Chriso. Shape is not good. He's Shape back, is not though. good. He's come back. He was pulling out a, mar- a marathon with hammy issues 28 days ago. Did he pull? Did he? Did he actually do a um, get a coach? Not sure. I should do a catch up episode with Christian and Toby. Toby yeah, will win, potentially win this weekend, and then we'll catch up with those two boys. How's that? I'll do that. He must be a Tom on school holidays. Patrons, one of those is coming at you between now and next week. Um, actually, we might wait for Toby to race. Maybe mid next week. I did find this as well. There was this Ethiopian cross country race. Uh, I don't think it was their trials for the world cross country championships, but. I think it had some kind of weight because Aragawi won at 30-44, altitude, hilly, I'm imagining, if a guy like that's running 30-44. But G'day, she won the um, females race, 35-40. Close race, there was five people within eight seconds of her. So she's four weeks post um, Valencia. And I think this race must have carried some kind of weight because the fields were deep of Ethiopian men and women. So that'd be good if we see those two names in Bathurst as well. Mm. Why else would she be doing it? Don't know. Money? None of them are wearing their elite kits. Oh. Put it that way. So like what does that the, mean? So she wasn't in a Nike elite kit. She was so she would have like, been in like a Bendigo bat singlet. She was in an Ethiopian one. She was in an Ethiopian national singlet, but there were a lot of oh. girls in like club singlets yeah. um, from the photo I saw. So yeah, that was uh, keep an eye on that, guys, because there could be something brewing there for Bathurst, seeing Alexa Bet get a in, a in person. Listen to question, mm. Grokes. Yeah, so we had a sneak preview of this last week. Um, yes, yeah, so somebody wrote in a while ago asking us what our goals were for 2023. Can't mm-hmm. remember who it was, but that's the question. Thanks for sending it in, whoever you were. Who wants to go first? Moose. Big fella, big yep. goals. Well, my goal is a marathon. I've got I've got a few goals. or this, They're not goals, they're things that I want to make happen. Is that the same thing as a goal? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, goals for the year. I want to run in a premiership with Geelong Region cross country. I want to run a fast marathon at the end of the year. 
they're the two goals that I've got for my running. How fast is fast, Moose? Uh, I want to get back. I do want to get back under 220. Mm. Yeah, my good goals. Both achievable too, I reckon. Um, I also want to run in a premiership for the Benigo Bats. And I want to run... I want to yeah, try and t- tick some goals over the marathon, obviously. So sort that. Do we have the same goals? <laughs> Apart from you're like, you're like six minutes off your PB and you'll kind of be content with. I'm like, that is my PB content level. So... Um, yeah, I want to run a fast marathon, but I want to, I want to learn the event and not, I'd even be content with not running super fast, but not like bombing out. Um, if that makes sense. So give me like a, give me a 218.59 off a negative split and not having a disaster and actually having some confidence to go the next one. You want to execute a execute, marathon well. Yeah. And maybe I rock up and it's like windy or it's hot or there's some, something's happened and it's like, okay, well, that you maybe need to change the time goal and it's not going to look like the time I want to chase on paper, but I want to have the good execution, which I think thinking about it this the last couple of days because I knew this question's up, I think it would be good to run two. Like I haven't ran two marathons in a year. I don't know if I've ever done that. Um, so like ideally that's going to help me get better at it having two shots at it if I, it's a goal i want to achieve this year so trying to look at how that could potentially work um in a which year. ones would they be be gold coast and valencia i think yeah because i don't i think april's too soon gold yeah. coast is it hoax do not do it mm, well what else is there though, moose it's hard to get overseas twice in a year the thing about maybe uh, go thing... christchurch when's that is that like may yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't mind that idea, Brady, of Gold Coast then Valencia, because at least Gold Coast gives you the opportunity to like execute one really well, mm. and and you probably run like you know quite quick there anyway, and then you've got enough time to reload for Valencia. Yeah, well, you're in that season, aren't you? Like, do winter summer again, mm. so potentially, and then Gold Coast isn't hard to get to. Yeah. Not hard to find a local guy who can take me through in sixty nine thirty croaks. It's just whether it's humid. Yeah, like, then that's what that's I meant. Like, thing, but then so. I just go, hey, what's the execution factor? Like, let's add, add a minute and a half through what we're thinking. Yeah. What about you, Bradley? Uh, have fun. No, um, I can't say that. Uh, well, first goal is to get back like completely pain free, um, and then. I've got a couple more sort of process goals, I suppose. Like one is to try and be a little bit more social with my running. Um, like, I don't know, like the last, well, probably since like 2015, like I've done the majority of training like on my own. So try and actually meet up with the group at least once a week, plus like one or two other easy runs with somebody, which I like just haven't done for a long time. So that's one. And another one is just a few more of the one percenters, like which I've neglected recently. So things like strides on runs, short hill strides on some of my easy runs, a little bit of home gym. Um, Cause I reckon as I reckon we call them one percenters, but I reckon for somebody like me, who's been doing it for a long time and like, I don't have as much room to move in terms of like that bulk training. I actually get more than 1% from doing strides and, you know, hill strides and a bit of home gym than what somebody who's maybe quite new to running where they've still got a fair bit of room to improve in terms of like mileage and just general training. So they're, they're a couple, but I don't have any, I don't have any race goals, but hopefully those process goals sort of get me running well again and enjoying it. And um, 
yeah, then I then I'll pick something when I'm going well. Yeah. And we can um, we can hold you to the goals as well. Those ones. Yeah. We we can say, hey, Croaks, how many times did you run with uh, people yeah. this week? There, there you go. Yep. What about I was thinking about a goal for you, Croaks. What about you run one five, one ten, one half, one marathon this year? Don't have to be amazing. Don't I have to chase your PBs. But I was just thinking, just go race once over those four key distances. Yep. All right. I'm happy with that. Oh, good. I love creating goals for different people. Um, what are we up to? Moose on the loose. Got something, Moose? Uh, not particularly. I. Nah, well, there was one thing that you got real annoyed about, didn't you? I've got one, but I've been annoyed about oh, a few things. Yeah, no, Can you remember what that it. was? Had a listener write in this to... one. The listener, high intellectual listener, wrote this one in um, to my private DMs. Nike running Instagram account. Did you see the post they did about um, Sinead and Brett after they both broke the Australian records? No, I didn't. No. Wouldn't have seen it because it didn't exist. They didn't do a post. Two significant records, two Nike athletes. Now, there isn't a Nike Australia one, so this is Nike worldwide. But when the listener brought it up to me, I had a bit of a look through. They got posts about the, um, you know, G'day, of course, running the debut fastest time. They got some stuff on there about their races at um, New York, some of their Nike Elite athletes there. Got a bit about the Inga Britsons, got Craig Engels, got a lot of kind of influencer content. But I'm like, was that a missed opportunity, not promoting that? I know we're small down here in Australia, and that's a worldwide Nike running account. But Nike, they are a running brand. That's how they created. I just thought if, I was, if they were my employee and I went out and done that, I would just be like, sorry, employer, I'd be like, come on, give me some kudos, pump me up a bit. Mm. thought that was if, slack if from you, them. If you can't find value or marketability in Sinead in and what she's done, then yeah, you're a lost cause, well, really. Well, Brad, he broke Deke's record. Like, they did it on the same day. Wouldn't it be like an easy written social media post? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I, just, I don't. Just do it. They just did it. I'm giving it to you. Back in the day, you remember that even I, well, you posted the picture of the Benita one when she yeah, won World yeah, Cross. You gave it to How me, cool yeah. was that? Yeah. That's fucking epic. Yeah. That, and that's a celebration of, like, and that's internal, obviously, the Australian marketing team. But you see, like, I'm not going to go too deep in this one because <laughs> we've got a partnership. But you see some strategies or campaigns around things in the running department where you, you just shake your head and go, that's not running. Like no matter how much you try, that isn't running. You can tell us that it's running, but we know that is not running. Mm. And the direction those comes from, it comes from um, Beaverton. It comes from, from Oregon, like the direction where people, where the, the marketing goes. It's a, a lot of our... A lot of our communication with Nike now is is just through the computer, um, rather than with people. Chip, get it. She almost, got one when she won Chicago. Yeah. Like I'm, talk, I'm comparing to the people that are winning these major marathons, and Kipchoge is obviously all there as well. But I just thought, oh, I wonder if that's if that was my boss, if they were paying my sponsorship, I'd be just like, come on, guys, give me a pump up. This is just an example of like that organization being just way too big for its own good in a way. Do you because think they've missed it, Crooks? Well, yeah, like they're too big. Like, you know, not just running, but every every other sport, whereas you see some of the the smaller niche sort of brands that are really invested in the athletes and the athletes actually have relationships with the guys that are actually like designing their shoes. 
yeah, like those those companies would be pumping up these athletes if they were doing something like that. Nike's just <laughs> massive, you know. Like you've got your, um, you know, your, your basketballers, your golfers, like all these other sports, and the the runners, unless you're like a world record holder or the best in the world, everybody else just sort of gets lost, behind, like gets left behind. Mm, that's a shame if it gets that stuff gets left behind. But anyway, I'm stand down now. What was the other one, Moose? Did I have something else last week? Oh, uh, you've got quite a few lately. I've been enjoying it. It's getting old. Well, we had a birthday. He's getting old. He's getting grumpy. Still waiting for Moose to wish him happy birthday, Croaks. What about that for a Moose on the loose? Yeah, I even gave him a heads up. We're going a day early. Yeah, you got the day wrong, but at least you were there. Anyway, what's coming up? We got uh, the Geelong 510K. That's going to be big down there, Surf Coast Track Club. Is that what it's called, Moose? What's the official name? Oh, I don't even know what it's called. I mean, Matt Gunther is the chief organiser, and he's kind of promoting it through the Surf Coast account. So let's call it that. Yep. We promoted it, shared on our links, Croak. So make sure you you send an invoice through to Matt Gunther, who's in charge of that. World Cross Country Trials are next weekend, fellas. Yeah, that would be. uh, Are there fields? Two weeks. Well, this, sorry, we're calling this on Monday. So not this weekend, next weekend. Do you reckon we'll get a field soon? Or, I don't know. And it, it depends. You can enter and not show up. It'd be nice to see, like, start lists a couple of days before, I reckon. Just for a one. few of those international names. See, Kai Robinson's back. He's landed in Australia. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, here. it'd be nice to see who wants to show up. Interesting All to right. see what Pat Tiernan's... Anyone seen anything from him on social media? Uh, yeah. He, like, the last I saw, he was at a uh, NFL game. So, um, I'm not sure if he's back yet. Croaks, I notice you've been liking his wife's post a lot lately. No, I'm not. I'm not no, I'm not. I'm not friends with his, with his wife. Well, how are you liking your post then? Well, because it's obviously shared on Pat's. I liked one. <laughs> it I came up the other day, and, <laughs> and it was a post. I'm like, what the fuck's Croaks liking that for? It was quite good. It was a, it was a little video of um. Of his wedding, did, I didn't realise that. Um, I didn't realise. Did, did you watch it? I didn't watch it. No. I didn't realise that Pat Tiernan can play the piano. Oh, Mul- multi-talented. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, good video then, was it? <laughs> it must have been. Crooks wouldn't throw out likes if it wasn't good news. You know, it's pretty <laughs> a bit of a hard ass. Uh, <laughs> that's what he's doing in his spare time, watching that kind of stuff. So that's uh, something. Hopefully, we get started this. We can do a bit of a preview next week. Croaks, you'll be on the ground up there. I'm trying to get up that weekend as well. Trying to um, get the car for six hours. Come watch it. I think yeah, it could be there. potentially exciting. Or the big dogs all don't rock up and go for discretion, and it could be maybe not too good. We'll see. Um, well, I don't know what happens there. Like for example, the the four by two k relay. So the selection criteria says that first across the line so first male and first female across the line of the 2k race are automatic so from what i understand ollie has put in an exemption not to um not to run so let's like i'm assuming stewie's going to run the 2k and so if stewie for some reason like has a niggle and can't run or gets food poisoning the night before and somebody else comes out like no doubt, AA, if they had their way, would like love to have Ollie and Stewie both in that 4x2K relay. Oh, yeah. But the, fa- but the fact one of them's not going to be at the trial, well, we don't think one of them's going to be at the trial, that means that there's a chance that that could not, ha- you know, that may not happen. 
if you know Stewie can't run or you know has food poisoning or has an off day. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. So what would happen if Stewie's like, yeah, I just want discretion, and then Ollie wants discretion, and then they someone can only, else goes well, and only, wants it. That's well, what only I mean. one. Of, yeah, only one of them because the selection criteria says first male in the two k race is an automatic, and you can obviously only have two males in the the four by two mixed relay. So then AA would have to choose between Stewie and Ollie for the second spot when they would like love to have both of them, I'm sure. Haven't they just this year gone back on their selection policy? Didn't we talk about that mid-year? Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine who else could uh, potentially... What, Matthew Ramson? He could run a good 2K cross-country, couldn't he? Ryan Jimmy Gregson, Hansen. that's a name. Jimmy Hansen. What about Ryan Gregson? Mm. You're going to see him over there. I know there was talk of him going to the marathon. There was that like Wide World of Sport article this time last year about how he's going to step up. Been very quiet, hasn't he, very since he's become a dad? Well, he's done a lot of like ten k road races, like Bernie. Did he do Bernie? Not, yeah. Be interesting to see. Anyway, this week's interview, boys. I'm thinking I'm going to record it tomorrow. Akana Murray Bartlett. She's running from uh, the top of Australia to the bottom. She's she's a PB of two fifty for the marathon, and she's been around running, especially down here in Victoria, for a long time. So I'm not all going to talk about the tip-to-toe marathon challenge she's doing. I want to talk to her about all things running, and of course we're going to get to that. She's doing an amazing job. She's running a marathon every day, trying to do that for 150 days. I think she's like two weeks off pulling that out off, and she's uh, going to be rolling into Melbourne, I think around the 15th, 16th of January. So interested to talk about that and how that's been going. More so the logistics around it, how you kind of pull off a big challenge like that. She's already raised $64,000 for the charity Endangered Animals, I'm pretty sure it is. But we'll get to all that in this conversation coming up. What are you doing, Moose, between now and next week? Oh, back to work, mate. Back to work. Back to work. Croaks, doing anything special between now and next week? Uh, I'm going to spend a couple of days down the coast, actually, later in the week. Must be nice. He's got a good life, this bloke. Well, I haven't been been to the coast since May last year. Whipped down there to the holiday house, Moose. Yeah, parents' house, second house, second house. No, don't have that. We don't have Viv's uh, parents' holiday house anymore. Well, just got to go and just got to go and visit my parents. Oh yes, why not? Still at your bedroom. They yet? sold. They sold it. Oh, yep. Still got the same. Yeah, same house that I grew up in. You got posters of, like Sean Crichton and stuff still on the wall. No, because I was never never ran till I was uh, 19, 18. You'd, you'd be Al McPherson here right, on the wall. <laughs> Pam, Pam Anderson. Yeah. Baywatch. Oh, yeah, Pam. Yeah. Uh, I know Pam wasn't my favourite, actually, on Baywatch. No, I'm telling the you. Others. I don't want to know who your favourite was when you were a teenage boy. <laughs> As an Aladala resident. See you, boys. Talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. This episode was sponsored by Mizuno. The marathon is a beautiful game. In 2023, make your next marathon easier with the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro. Available from mizuno.com.au and selected retailers from January 19th. This week's guest on the Inside Running podcast finished third at the Melbourne Marathon in 2018, and she was also third at the Australian Marathon Championships that year. She has recently become a Guinness World Record holder after running a marathon for the most consecutive days as she works her way from the top of Australia to the toe down in Melbourne, raising funds for the Wilderness Society as she goes. I think today she's just knocked over marathon number 137. 
Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast, Akana Murray Bartlett. Thanks for giving up some time. I'm sure you're tired, but thanks for talking to us for the Inside Running Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is yeah, this is great. I've um, spent many an hour listening to the Inside Running Podcast while out here on Tip to Toe. So. It's a- good to be on it <laughs> that's good to know we were just talking off air we did thank you back in the very early days episode number 66 for your patreon support and we've mentioned your name over the years for a couple of podiums in big australian marathons so the listeners hopefully know a bit about your running ability and hopefully they've been yeah following along social media for what you're up to at the moment but um thanks for joining us where are you and and what's how's the body feel <laughs> yeah so you're right it's day 137 um i did a long flat uh i'm in bright and bright victoria today um yesterday we did a big mountainous run um over what was it feather top Hotham's. We summited Hotham and Feathertop and then down into Dinner Plain. And I haven't done any altitude runs. So being back on the flat today was good. I uh, had a big crew down here in Bright this morning who came out to Harrietville and back. It's, it, yeah, it was good fun. Feeling sore now. I mean, I'll be honest with you, the last, I was really good. And I've obviously it's, it's a roller coaster. I've had peaks and troughs. But today I had pins and a massage last night for the first treatment in a long time. And I'm, yeah my legs rocks today <laughs> well i don't know if it's good it's good to know you've got that far but it's not great to hear that your legs are uh, pretty banged up but let's go through normal how we do on the inside run podcast we we shouldn't but we do define people a bit by their pbs and like going through their pbs from 5k through to through to the marathon so i hope i've got these right akana um 5k at the vic 5k champs back in 2015 Oh, yeah. The 5K is my Achilles heel. I think my 10K PB, I was talking to Sim about this this morning. My 10K PB has two 5K PBs in it. Like, for some reason, it's the race I've never nailed. It does too. <laughs> I think my 3K PB is better. I didn't actually notice that when I was writing them down today. But, yeah, you're right. Your 10K, I think, from Melbourne, I'm going to be guessing Albert Park, 35.28. Yeah, that'll be it. That was a good day. Nice and clear, good pack. Loved it. Can you remember where you finished that day in the ladies? Because the AV scene's pretty competitive. Yeah, it wouldn't have been high. <laughs> I think it was maybe, actually, it would have been in the top 10. It would have been 7th, 8th, ninth ish that area. Yeah. That day. Yeah, I remember, because I've, I've had a few top 10 finishes, and I remember that one was, was up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one was, I think it's the Burnley Half Marathon. One hour, 19 minutes, 24 seconds, and you got second. Is that the highest yes. ever AV finish? Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. When I was researching that today, like it's, there's not many people out there who can say they've picked up a, an AV medal. Like it's such a competitive um, scene down here in Victoria. I love talking about it. Moose and I, Croaks doesn't enjoy it too much, but um, having, a, <laughs> having an AV medal is pretty impressive. I can't remember who I was battling that day. So for if she's listening, I apologize. But it was Ooh. one of those battles where I, you're going. I do know who you're battling and oh, she will do? be listening and she'd be annoyed about that. I do know. I was talking to her today, doing some research as well. She was helping me out. Friend of the show, Sophie Fit. She was That's third. It. Yeah. Sophie. Yep. Yep. So we were fighting. We were fighting the whole way. Every three Ks, the other one would jump in front. And I just remember, because you go the final two Ks downhill. And it was the first time in my life I felt like, or even 1,500 metres, the first time in my life I felt like I had a kick. And so, sorry, Soph. <laughs> <laughs> Got her on the downhill. Can you remember who won? I'm trying to think. I did see a photo of it. Maybe I was just paying attention to Soph. I can't really remember exactly who it was. I I can see her. She's a South Melbourne runner. 
in my mind's eye, but um, no, my brain's working at about 10% its usual yeah. capacity out here. So as you can see. <laughs> Sorry to whoever that was. We got second and third, but not quite first. Um, and the marathon, 250.27 at the Brighton Marathon. I think that was maybe April 2019. Yeah, that was a good year. That's the same year that I tried to do an even better time in Berlin and got mm. an injury. Um, that marathon was unbelievable um but the last 7ks was into a headwind um so it's one of those ones where you feel like you've nailed and if you had the good weather it would have been even better um but yeah cold i love cold races cold road races are my are my favorite so when the weather comes together it feels good they've had some controversy of late too haven't they i'm not sure if you've been keeping up with it but did they they not pay out prizes from last year and now London Marathon's taken it over? Are you you probably don't have time when you run a marathon every day for the last 137 days, but I think that's the case. No, that's a really interesting point because I ran it in 2019 and I won prize money, a couple of hundred would have been pounds, and they didn't pay it for so long that I had to send them about seven follow-up emails. And eventually I messaged a girl who lived over there who came higher than me and said, have you been paid? And yeah, I had to go through that same thing of chasing it up. Which yeah. you feel uncomfortable doing. Yeah, and it's usually not huge amounts of prize money either. Like you no. send an email for 200 bucks or 400 bucks or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a – probably spent could have spent that time actually making more money than um, yeah, chasing prize money. But yeah, so good experience, although it was windy for that 250. Yeah, I think it was one of those days where um, you the only kind of pain or, or, or worse, I just wanted to stop. But once I realized when you tell yourself, hey, why do you want to stop? It's just because you've been running for a long time. I can actually keep going. You kind of realize nothing's wrong and you're just being a bit mentally weak. And it's one of those days I overcame it um, and just... I remember being really shattered at the finish line because it was 250.27 and mm. I really wanted to go under 250. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just remember feeling disappointed, but then obviously once you realise, come on, Akana, it's, it's a PB, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be beating yourself up here. I, I, I let myself off the hook a bit, but no, great course. We're funny like that, runners, though. So time-orientated yeah. and round numbers and, it, yeah, let it define us and all those kind of things. What's been one of your – because you've had a lot of success in the marathon, like the third at Melbourne in 2018, which we'll get to. Um, you've kind of spoken about Berlin, a couple uh, second and thirds at Canberra and Brisbane. Like, have you got a favourite race or marathon that's, like, on your results list? Yeah, there's two, and you nailed them. So that Canberra marathon, um, the pack, I was actually pacing a friend, and I was pacing him to 2.55. And because at the time, that was quite – that was quite cruisy for me. It did, it was, so I was, you know, chatting away to everyone. And by the time I looked around, we had a bit of a group of about 10 or 15 people, like a big solid 255 group. Um, and, yeah, I just remember the, it just was one of those ones where everyone encouraged everyone to the finish line. And I still was feeling so good at that 33 mark because I was pacing um, that I, I knew my mate was okay. So I just kicked it home. And kicking home a marathon feels unbelievable because there's been you know 90 percent where i crawl it in <laughs> same here i'm not in for yeah. the listeners yet. yeah i'm 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 one of those people that always goes out too hard and comes home in pain so to get the timing right and the pacing right just felt really good and crossing the finish line with um you know 20 people that i'd helped get under three hours and just the elation on everyone's face felt bigger than me so it felt really great um, and then, yeah, Melbourne Marathon was the opposite. Um, 
I had a mate pacing me. Um, he did dro- dropped me in the end, but I was fine. I, I got myself home. That was one I definitely paced wrong. Um, and yeah, was found myself in that third place with maybe 15 kilometers to go, terrified because I was fading quickly and just sort of ran scared to the finish line. But coming through the MCG with the cameras on you and the flames and, you know, the, and the, the crowds, you know, that one I won't forget either. And every time I'm feeling a bit down in my running, I, I sometimes think back to that moment or rewatch the video. I'm like, yeah, that's sick. That's why we run, you know, for those days. <laughs> yeah, third of Melbourne is legit. Like that's a, there's not many people, same with the AV kind of meta we're talking about, but Melbourne's one of the biggest mar- marathons in Australia and I'm sure you look through the the first second and third for all the years past and seeing your name on that list and that was the um for the listeners 2018 that was a Sinead Diver year wasn't it the hot year yeah. hot windy um and I reckon was it Rochelle Rogers was second and then you were third yeah 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 so Sinead blew everyone else away because we all positive split by like infinite amount and she managed to have that absolute cracking I think it was a record wasn't it she broke yeah yeah yeah, and it, and it made yeah. everyone in the every <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter male, female, half marathon, marathon, ten k made everyone else's result look terrible because there was such a good excuse to say the weather was bad, and then we we're like, well, she made ran pretty well, so it couldn't have been that bad. But yeah, it's an exceptional run, and now she's the Australian record holder. So good on her. You're on the podium you know, with her. Yeah, um, I just remember. I just remember that run in particular because there was the ambos and, and paramedics yeah. working harder than everyone else because everyone was dropping like flies. Um, yeah, so Sinead, yeah great work <laughs> where did um i've just got the notes down here like it seemed like 2017 into 2018 and then to 19 things really started to click for you with the running like where did you get into it uh, i think you're like 30 now so we're kind of you know you're kind of hitting your peak at that kind of 26 27 when the good results started coming but what did it look like before then yeah, so I've always been a football player like soccer growing up, up until I was about 24. So I missed the entire junior era of running. Um, I, yeah, played in the States. I played in England. It's all I did. I was obsessed with soccer. Um, and then when I left soccer um, and moved to Melbourne, I just wanted to meet people. It was very recreational. Um, so joined Liam Delaney's Vigor Coaching, which is essentially a Collingwood Athletics, um, and took to it immediately and loved it. Fell in love with running. As we both know, um, and all the listeners know, it's one of the most social things you can do is run. Um, so, and then naturally I remember breaking 40 minutes for a 10K and thinking I was like the greatest runner in the world <laughs> and, you know, what a milestone to achieve and just kind of naturally fell into it that way but never did anything long. I was always, you know, 1500 meters 3k those kind of shorter 5k um but i was never very good i'm not i mean it just shows me now doing such an endurance event i'm not a speed person i'm all distance it's where but i just didn't know that back then i just thought i was a very average you know 5k runner and it wasn't until i stepped up into the marathon and even that took a learning curve my very first one was gold coast um, my coach Liam paced me to try and run 2:45. I died in the ass at 30 k's and <laughs> stepped off the track. Exactly so it definitely that, yeah. sorry that mark 30 k is exactly where the finish line is too, isn't it? When you got to go past it off that hill, yeah. That's where I stopped. Yeah, I can see why. See you, ne- see you next year. I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, just sort of grew into it there. In that 2018, 2019 year, just a little bit of a, uh, a shout out to Collingwood. The women the, won the mm. premiership that year. Um, and it was just we had, we had a strong team. We had 
Jin Maloney or McCormick, um, she was running for Australia that year in the Com Games the year before. So she was in the team. I had Amy Robinson, Tammy um, Quinn. So we just were a strong team and the vibes were high and having such a strong kind of powerhouse female team around me, I guess, pushed me further than I'd been running in the past as well. Yeah, I did have to make a note of that. That was your first premiership for Collingwood, the first one they've ever won. Yeah, yeah, pretty yep, special. Yeah, it was, was it close as well when you got to the last race at the ten, or would you have it won before oh, the race started? Oh, mate, this is the best race of, race of my life. So I went out first or second. This, I'll never forget this race. Okay. So Glenn Huntley, I think it was Glenn Huntley. I know I can remember what we did, but they were they 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 were right behind us um, in points. So we had to win this race to win the premiership. We had to. It was not not optional. I went out first and Jin went out behind me and we'd had a pretty good lead. It was a really good run for us both. And then our second, our third and fourth runners, you know, slowed it down a little bit. Amy Robinson came up the came up the rear. She was the last runner. She was just jogging out, like speaking, chatting to us. She thought she had it in the bag. This Glenn Huntley runner, like, storms past her. She doesn't know she's coming, races her, beats her up Anderson Street. And here's me, my heart sinking, thinking, oh, we've just lost the premiership because Amy's just going for a walk in the park. <laughs> so I walked down to the finish line to just, you know, give her my condolences and say thanks for not trying. Um, anyway, I see Amy sprinting her absolute for her life across the line, overtakes her and then just crosses the finish line in this, you know, wave of glory. So, yes, it was very close. Oh, what a finish, <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure we would have talked about it at the time. Maybe not. Maybe we weren't as, yeah, into the AV scene, but I'm sure we were back in 2019. <laughs> that is a good story. And Amy's got some toes. She's, she's pretty quick over 8 and 1500, so you wouldn't want to go her in a sprint finish. Yeah, absolutely. She's got legs. That's why she went last. She just needed to turn on the engine. Yeah, yeah, right. So then that, like, there's there's signs. When I know what you're doing now, and then you look back at some of your racing um some of how it's condensed with the marathon, I suppose, it doesn't surprise me that you're running from the top of Australia to the bottom because that 2018, you went up to Sydney to do the Sydney Marathon, which doubled it as the Australian Marathon Champs, um, come third in 2.53. And then I think it was the month after, did Melbourne. And then that was when you come third. And then did you go to New Zealand to do a marathon yeah. New Zealand, ran just over three hours? So like, what was the go there? Risk and injury, <laughs> yes, no, or just a bit of a taste of what's to come? Yeah, so um, I was never supposed to do Melbourne. I was supposed to do Sydney and then I was supposed to do New Zealand. Um, and to be honest, my coach and I made the decision to enter Melbourne um, maybe the week of because the, the, the lineup or the field wasn't as strong as it normally is. And he's like, Akana, you could be fit enough to podium. You could pay for your New Zealand trip if you'd go over and do it as a training run. So the plan was to do it as a long run training run, um, Melbourne, but I got so caught up in it, as you can imagine, um, you know, competing, being in Melbourne, that I went way too hard in Melbourne, um, which I don't regret. It was one of the best races I feel like I've had. Flew over to New Zealand, stood on the start line, and was just cooked and just ran like a terrible, terrible three hours, I don't know, 18, I think. I can't even remember. But, yeah, I sacrificed New Zealand for that Melbourne experience for sure. Not to say it's not a beautiful marathon. I just had nothing left in the legs. Yeah, and still, good thing, like good sacrifice. I think when you look back at things and the third at Melbourne's probably worth it. Totally, can absolutely. You, yeah, can you remember what training was like through then? Like I'm sure there's a lot of listeners kind of um, – yeah, interested in what it takes for you to be running 250, 253s, 254s pretty consistently? 
Yeah, yeah. So I was training right up until lockdown in this way. So Monday was usually a rest day um, or a gym day. Um, it was The weeks were relatively similar. Tuesday would be, um, for me, a threshold. So I would do, say, 30 minutes or, um, you know, often it was like two laps of Princess Park fast, um, two, two laps of – it was always a threshold. Wednesday was um, a double day. So I would do a 20K run in the morning and, say, a 6 or 8K run in the afternoon. Thursday was speed, whether that's 400s or, you know, K reps or, you know, pyramid, anything speed related. Um, Friday was an easy double. Saturday, depending on the Sunday long run, would be hills or just an easy hour. And then Sunday would be long run. So that was that was my relatively consistent routine, I would say, for five to six years. Um, and the only thing that changed over in that 2018, 2019 is my mileage went from say 80 kilometers a week up to about 120 130 a week um and i think that's where my fitness came is just from being able to handle doing you know a 15 kilometer session with speed in the middle versus just the speed and no extended warm-up and cool down um so yeah i was pretty consistent i'm very lucky i think my biggest strength previously and out here is i haven't actually been injured um i've had one bout of bursitis back in the day and so that's that's it so i'm strangely injury resilient and i'm one of those people that i don't think i'm naturally talented at all everything comes from consistency and hard work and what i put in um so i'm very much one of those people that just slowly improves over time and i can't take some time off otherwise i do take a bit of a backwards stumble yeah we had this conversation last week on the show i was trying to tell the boys i'm the same as you and they weren't buying it they didn't think the whole talent <laughs> versus training thing existed but i swear now it's two to two where we're on par hearing it from you as well um and then Absolutely. what kind of pace do you guys do your jogging at so when you say that that long run on the sunday and then like the 90 minutes on the wednesday like are you guys a quick jogging group or chill out just listen to the body like you're rolling like low fours or 430s or fives yeah or, yeah yeah it's 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 430s at least like around 430s between four and 430s they're relatively quick like i i would be cooked on a on a monday after a sunday um in fact, one of the biggest issues for me in the first month out here was because I, I've always, like I guess, like most runners, always, I guess, linked my performance to my caselets. When I was slowing down out here, I was immediately connecting it to failure. Like the slower I go, the you know, the worse I felt, therefore I would be in this bad headspace. But out here it's a completely different ballgame. But, yeah, back then we would try and, try and move because we'd always be going on – Yarra Flats and you know Albert Park and just hitting places where it was a bit easier to go to go flatter and faster I think yeah and the influence of like Jin Maloney on that group through that time like I just remember anywhere she was you were kind of there you were like a right hand lady like a lot of training sessions together when she like built up for the 2000 and what was that 18 com games on the Gold Coast yeah um Jin was a massive influence on me I mean she's definitely one of those I think she's very naturally talented. Her progress um, was phenomenal, but also she's so focused. I've never met a more focused runner. Um, and, yeah, we had the same coach. We had the same goals back then. Um, I used to get a bit annoyed because we'd always get entered into the same races, so I got no glory because she'd always win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love her. She, she's the reason I was such a good runner because I was just tagging onto her. <laughs> And did you get up and watch at the Gold Coast? Like, did you on the side of the road? Yeah, hey, yep. absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. We were all up there, not just for the marathon, but for all of it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So then 2019 goes, I think you had a, did you have an issue at Berlin at the end of 2019? Yeah. Injured? Yeah. So I was going for, like, I was so fit when I went over there. I just had the best AV mm. season. Similar to you, I was trying to even go in like the 230s. Um, I felt great. I was, I'd done like a two, well under my PB in a training run. Um, which, you know, just shows that I was there. Um, and I was pacing. It was the year of the failed marathon because it was myself. Jin never started. My coach, Liam, had a calf injury. Liam, uh, sorry, Liam Adams pulled out. We all were just sitting at the pub afterwards as DNFs, <laughs> <laughs> just drinking our sorrows away. But I got this, this um, like, psoas at 37 kilometres, uh, I got this psoas, acute psoas pain, and it stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't even, I couldn't even like breathe or, or step. And I wasn't there to finish it. I was there to go fast. Um, and I and I could have walked it, but I just thought, oh, you know, I've gone from doing sub, you know, three something pace to to six and a half minute skip. I'll just stop. So yeah, it was so I burst into tears. It was so sad. Yeah, and what I'm just thinking where the 37k mark of Berlin is. Like, do you, were you anywhere near your accommodation? Or like, what do you do in that situation? Like, because your world would come, I would just be so instant, wouldn't it? Like, one minute you're running, the next minute you're like, watch as pause. I'm, I bet you still pause your watch. Um, and I did. You're on the, you're on the full path with the, with the public. I saw, um, actually, I saw Jin and her and her husband, Trent, um, and I was not moving well at this point. And I just saw her and she just burst into tears and I burst into tears and I just pulled off the side with her. Um, so I had people around That's me. Good. Um, yeah, and I think, I can't remember, we were ages from the finish line um, and all my family were at the finish line waiting, waiting. I never came through. And yeah, it's just one of those ones where it was raining and you'd rather just forget it and move on. <laughs> marathon's a monster everyone's got some stories about it it's hard to get it um so then that was yeah back end of 2019 went down to hobart 2020 came third in a 253 so another one you've been very consistent around that say 250 <laughs> to uh 255 there's a few that have landed in there the pandemic hits after that and then is that when things start getting planned for the adventure skinner's world record the the stuff yeah. you're doing now is that what happened yeah, so that Hobart Marathon was a long run in preparation for Tokyo. I'd, I'd had, oh, had an yep. entry to Tokyo 2020. Um, and, yeah, I, so I flew over there and ready to go. That Hobart was a good little good little pre-run. Um, and, yeah, the race got cancelled. So that was frustrating. And then I came back, got plunged into a lockdown here in Melbourne like we all did and spent – 12 months barely able to you know run more than an hour um and that's yeah where I dreamt up tip to toe I had all this this energy and this cause that I was passionate about um and simultaneously met my now partner who is a filmmaker and I I had this dream that I that I was you know saying hey I'd love to run the length of the country he's like I would love to make a story and together it kind of worked and was it like, when did it become, like having these conversations is good and you say like it just worked and you put your hands together, like everything just comes together smoothly. But when, how long until it actually was like realistic, if you know what I mean? Like it sounds like you're just sitting around having a few beers and this is a cool idea. But then, yeah, how long is it until you're like, okay, we can actually pull this off and do it? I needed two or three key things to be able to make this happen. And so the second I put it into the universe, I said, if we get yeses in, 
for example, a trailer, an off-road trailer, if we can get that donated, that's one of the key things we need. And then the other was enough support to cover food and just, you know, like apparel and shoes and, and then we're good. Um, and I started like a new social media account, right? So I had zero followers. So to go up to a to a big cab company and be like, hi, I'm a Carter, I have zero followers. Will yeah. you give me a trailer? <laughs> I reckon I could run a long way. <laughs> it was a lot of no's. But eventually, yes, we did have someone um, get behind us and then the rest fell into place after that. And once we had got sponsorship and I'd quit my job, I had no option but to do it. <laughs> and now we've got you 17,000 and a blue tick on Instagram. Killing it. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, that's, that's a big thank you to my partner who has been the one making the videos. Um, I think when you can share it and and that's the, the best thing about this. I mean, I love running. I've r- loved running all my life um, and I love Australia and I love our, our bushland. And I think if you can combine the two and share it in a creative way, I mean, I would follow it. It's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Your partner's name's Ryan, isn't it? He's the filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. He's doing such a brilliant job and it's, um, Actually, I think a couple of weeks ago on the show, I was trying to scroll through Instagram as we were recording and um, trying to find a listener question or something in our inbox and your video just started like auto-playing. I reckon <laughs> if you went back two or three episodes, you'd be able to hear a bit in the background there. So it's been super entertaining just to, um, yeah, it was just so clean. And it's like, I guess that's kind of the next, you know, it's not what I was planning to get to next, but we'll go there. Like how much of it is the running stuff but then how can you sell it and promote it and, and film it? Like that just seems like it's, and we're seeing so many more people um, doing mm-hmm. this at the moment. So it's not, or doing, you know, doing good courses like this and a lot of them, yeah, going, and you're good at actually showcasing, you know, mentioning, I've heard a few interviews with you where you, you, you kind of mention four or five other people that are doing stuff that haven't got the attention that some people have. Um, but how much do you put it down to? Like how, how much work has to go into that side of things to make it successful? I think everything. Mm. I think it, it takes so much. And, yeah, going back to that, there are a few people going out and doing these, um, you know, charity runs as Moose calls them. Um, and I think it takes a lot, but it doesn't – it has to be done if you want to – if you want your cause to get heard. You know, I'm running because uh, I love running and I wanted to physically challenge myself, but I also wanted to use it as a voice to raise money for a cause I'm passionate about. And if you can if you can share your story further, you're going to get a bigger impact on that front. Um, so I think it's, to be honest, almost just as important um, as the personal aspect of running. Um, so I'm very lucky, I guess, I guess having that part of it. And I also think, like, think of, say, we all know Ned Brockman, what um, Kane did. It just, it, it puts running so far up there as a sport. Like, it's putting a big spotlight on, on people who are running for, for cool reasons and then people get, you know, I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, I've been following and I'm inspired to, you know, do the next park run or, or train up for a half marathon. And that's that's my favourite part of this is it, is it gives – because running, you know, we're not the biggest sport out there compared to, you know, everything else. So just putting a spotlight on running means just as much to me as anything else, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's – the spotlight it's, – it's running as the vehicle, isn't it? Like it's – Yeah. It's – because I was thinking about this when I was doing some research for this one, like – we're putting a spotlight, use, we can use a net example, like put the spotlight on running, everyone in Australia knows who he is, you know, become a celebrity kind of thing. But 
has that increased the spotlight for a Ollie Hoare or a Sinead Diver or Brett Robinson? Like, would he know who those people are? Like, involved in the same yeah. activity, but has it maybe taken away from the spotlight from them to him? That's a good question. Yeah, that's I don't, a really I don't, good I question. Know. There's probably no answer to it as well, but, like, that's yeah. why I wanted to talk to you because you're involved in running and you know all these guys and you've gone throwed elbows with them on start lines and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point, and I do know that um, – yeah, like that's very much an anomaly because um, what the immediate that, that he got far exceeds what Sinead got for the, for, the, for breaking the record and what Brett got, and that's definitely disappointing. I think I think the world should know that both of those records were broken. Um, so there's definitely aspects of it that I agree with, but yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Mm, yeah, no, and I don't think that you don't need to answer it. And I was kind of just pondering it. I'm mm. like, oh, I wonder where. Yeah, um, like we all, and it's where sometimes. Um, I guess our sport, and I'm talking our sport as in, you know, distance running, athletics, track and field, um, it gets pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, and it's where it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you kind of, um, and they're all amazing causes when people are doing charity stuff and, and what you've done yeah, amazing. And it's just like, I wonder how it all links. Like we often talk about how do we get the park runners knowing who the Australian 5K record holders are like, and we're talking about Izzy breaking the record on the weekend just on this show, like, um, you know, that's good that people are knowing and talking about Izzy doing parkrun to kind of make that connection next time they see her at the Com Games or the Olympics or whatever it is. But, yeah, it's often a, um, yeah, it's an interesting component of our sport that I don't think happens with other sports where they, um, it's the, where the sport is the vehicle for other things that don't then impact the sport. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yes, it's amazing if I encourage people to go and run you know, a half marathon, but does that mean they then go and understand that, you know, there's all these elites that, you know, need this spotlight and funding to be the best at the best at their sport. So but it gets them into I the sports. So it gives them opportunities, is... I suppose. Yeah. 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 Hey, we don't have to solve yeah, it. I just wanted to yeah, bring it up in a way. I've been pondering the same thing for a very long time. Um, you know, for someone that's so passionate about making it so big, you know, I guess coming from a running background, all I do is talk to people about running. So I'm doing what I can, but I guess that's the best I can do. Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, no, it's definitely not your responsibility to pull all this stuff together. That's that. Uh, yeah. Don't take that on your shoulders these next two weeks. <laughs> so you get, so the ideas come together, the sponsorship starts to come together. Um, what happens, how do you prep for something like this training-wise? Because I guess biomechanically, um, and you're just telling me that you guys smack long runs at low four-minute K pace. Um, you can't go doing that if you're going to do consecutive marathons. And was it weird to try and, you know, move at that pace? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't do any slow running before this. I actually um, didn't run as much. I backed off running because I was quite lean when I was racing um, and not very strong. I was very fast and very fit, but I, I needed to go into the gym a little bit more to try and, I guess, get some injury resilience. So I was doing a lot of single leg um, strength exercises, a lot of core work. I put on a couple of kilos to act as a buffer. So I would be almost healthy. My, my goal was a kind of a holistic approach where I just wanted to get to the start line feeling fit and healthy and the rest would go from there. I would, you know, you don't need to run yourself into the ground to train for this, right? You need to, you need to, make sure you're the best version of yourself and then you'll get fit and you'll, and you'll load bear as you go. That was my approach, um, whether or not it's right. There's not that many people to compare notes yeah. with. In space. 
But it's working so far. It's working good. And the record, we must say, like, especially overseas listeners, you haven't gone the most direct. You could have gone a whole lot less Ks going from the top to the bottom, yeah? Like, you, you yes. just, yeah, were well, you in Queensland forever? Like, I remember talking to Zachary forever. and Chris, like, <laughs> like is, she even, is she ever going to get out of, like, Queensland? Every time um, I kind of check social media, you're still up there. It was raining, like, relentlessly down south. I had no rush. <laughs> yeah, it would have been hot, though, wouldn't it? Like, that would have been hard. Yeah, it was hot, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to just get so wet. Four and a, four and a mm. half hours in the rain every day just would have destroyed me. And there was floods, so I just sort of slowed it down. And um, yeah, yeah, it was always the plan to do 150 days, so it didn't change too much. But yeah, I probably spent too long up north for sure. <laughs> because the record was was it 103, 109, something like that. But you want to give yourself a bit of a buffer to hang on to the record. Big, big buffer. Yeah, the record's 106. Um, so I broke it in Newcastle. You know, I broke it the day that the Sinead and Brett broke it on the 4th of December. Oh, really? Yeah, what a day for Australian running. So, yeah, a special day to bring it, bring out for the green and gold. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I, I, um, yeah, it was. It feels good to share it, you know, monumentous. But yeah. yeah, now I'm giving it a big. Now I'm giving it a big buffer um, to just try and hold on because I truly believe records aren't supposed to be held on to. I reckon there are always a goalpost for the next person, but you just want to kick it a little further. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, well said. And then, um, how does the documentation of it all work? Like, how do you like? Do you have to submit like GPS data or like what are rules and some of the regulations around it? It's pretty strict, which I like because it just goes to show you can't take the piss. Um, so I need GPS from from um, they don't accept Strava. You have to use a Garmin .kml file for anyone that knows what that is. I'm still learning um, map that shows everything. So elevation, timestamps, where you went, um, literally everything. And then you've got to do a logbook of the time, the date where you ran exactly the time, you know, all that stuff. I have to film the start and the, the start and the finish to make sure I've actually done it and it's me um, and I need witnesses. So I've been really lucky with witnesses. I've done many runs with groups. So even today there was a few of us. Um, so that would be really a big barrier if it was just you were trying to do it on your own. But, yeah, that's the, that's the regulations. Yeah, right. And then with the like how do you have to submit it within a certain amount of time or anything like like you have to keep them updated as you're tracking along or you just give it to them all at the end bit of both you can actually choose what to do i haven't obviously been verified yet because i haven't finished yep. so i haven't submitted my final number so they're not going to they're not going to waste their time verifying it until i submit until i stop um but i've been submitting as i go because otherwise it's 150 days that i'll have to do at the end <laughs> yeah 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 save yourself a bit of work for hopefully yeah. you're on the beers or whatever celebrate you don't want a sore head trying to do those numbers um <laughs> what's been your average time do you know have you worked out the average finish time Good question. My fastest was only the other day. It was three three forty four, I think we, we ran. Um, and then my second one was my other fastest, which was a bit silly because I cooked myself really early. And my slowest was five hours, which was also the other day up in the mountains. Um, that's because the technicality of being in, the, and you know, we did two mountain summits. So I would say the average is about four hours and say to 15, 20, four hours, 20. Um, and that doesn't, it's, it's a funny one because 
I I used to stop at my Garmin to eat and drink, but in time I was getting I was just needed to be always moving mentally. That my pace, my running pace is between five fifteen and five thirty, but I'll stop and take on a lot of food and a lot of nutrition as I go. So always at least three or four Ks will be just walking, which slows the overall average. Um, and I've got this constant battle between wanting to run like easy so I'm always thinking of the next day and the next day so I always want to run within myself um, but then I also don't want to be on my feet for too long so it's this constant mental battle of going fast and being able to recover for longer or going slow and not hurting too much and I haven't quite worked out what works best yet yeah. <laughs> even now that was my next question I'm like have you got a system like is it four by two you know 10k and you have a break every 10 or anything like that but yeah it sounds like a bit of trial and error times 137 and maybe you nail it in the next couple of weeks yeah I've not I've <laughs> trial and error every day I've learned a few things my first lesson I learned was don't go more than 26 kilometers without nutrition no matter what 26 is your absolute limit for nutrition um I learned yeah, I learned if it's under four hours, it's, you'll be really kind of fatigued in the afternoon. So I always try and go like four hours, 12, because that's just under six minute average when you're walking as well. So it run walk. So they're my two key things that I think are go. And then just sleep and eat an F ton of food. They're my other two tips. <laughs> yeah. And earlier start time and later start time. Earliest start time was Rockhampton because it was 38 degrees. So I started at, started at, I think I woke up at 4.15 and got out well before 5. Latest start time was the very first day, which would have been over 10 o'clock, which was so silly because it was at the Cape and it was so hot. But we had a bit of a, we had to drive to the Cape because you can't camp there. It's just a sign. And then we had all the kind of footage and the filming and the photos and everything mm. there. So we didn't start until 10 and I don't remember getting back to base until about 1.30 and that was that was horrible. I didn't want to go again the next day after that. I was so cooked. So to, to, for the rules, could you potentially do like say 20K, like 6 to 8 a.m. and then like roll back out at like 7 p.m. and do like another 22K? Like would that be yeah, great. Yeah. Great question because that's what I always thought that I could yeah. do. And the funny thing is Guinness didn't get – because they take so long to get back to you. They didn't get back to me until after I'd started and I was too nervous to – that I didn't know the rules. So I reached out to the – well, the previous world record holder in Scotland and, and she told me thankfully the day before that I had to do it as a continuous run. That's the other rule. Okay. It has to be continuous. And that's – that. So the night before I was supposed to start, I was going to do 10 kilometers, have breakfast and a coffee, do 20 kilometers and then have a, the afternoon off and then do 10 after dinner. And the whole way I had to approach it changed. So now everyone is a full marathon in one go. So you, can you even stop? Like can you stop and just like, yeah, sit down, have a drink of water for 10 minutes or you have to be like walking, moving, continuous? Yeah, you, you should be continuous. They allow like drink breaks and toilet okay. breaks and all that stuff. Yeah. But I wouldn't pause my garden for longer than 20 minutes or something, 15 minutes. There was one time I was on the radio in, um, I had a radio interview in, where was it? Gladstone um, up north. And it was halfway through my run and they delayed. The, so I had to leave and go and do a lap around the radio station and then quickly nick back in because I was so scared to pause my garden for too long. <laughs> yeah, right. All the logistics. <laughs> 
And then, like, what's been, have you had, like, some, like, just terrible standout days? Like, has something just come to your mind and you go, that was the shittest day, like, that day? Or has it all been pretty smooth oh. sailing? No, I've had literally 50 days that have been, that was shit. <laughs> like, you, you know, the thing is, I love running to explore. But, man, if you're hurting, you don't love it, you oh, know? Yeah. You just you just you don't love it. And that was been the biggest thing is, like, it's been a battle between wanting to love it but not loving it but really wanting to love it. Um, there's, I was injured three times. So I had a calf strain at the top, a tib and overuse injury and a quad strain. And every one of those running, because you can't take a day off if you want to get the record. Every one of those just running to the physio was grim. Like I was in pain. I was wincing. It sucked. Um, the days that I run out of water or under fuel, they're always a really hard slog home. And the really hot ones. But everything else has been pretty good, I would say. And, like, it's such a – I was talking to my wife about before, like, such a unique situation that you get to see so much of our country. Um, And places that a lot of people, you know, they're not going for holidays. Like, you're off the beaten track kind of thing. And, like, do you have this, like, extra sense of, like, connectiveness to, like, Australia and the animals? We'll get to the animals and stuff in a second. But, like, (laughs) you know, to, like, yeah, where we live. Absolutely. I've hundred percent. I'm deliberately not. So you were right. I'm not doing a point to point because if I was, because I believe a point to point is 3,800 Ks, right? Which I've well and truly, I'm 2,000 Ks over that. And that's because you would just go down the Bruce and then the Hume and then, you know, all these disgusting highways that are necessary to drive, but you're not seeing Australia. You run, it's loud and it's dangerous. So I deliberately avoided that. And I went into the national parks. I went along the coast um, so seeing the, the, the trails in Australia has hands down been the standout out here. It's just, it's just such a cool way to see Australia. And the other part to that is I don't really know what I'm doing in terms of where to go. So the people that I've met that have shown me their mm. local trails or, you know, I went out with the Newcastle Flyers and Newcastle and the Toowoomba well, I can't remember what their mascot is, but, you know, the Toowoomba running group out there. And I've met all these running communities that have essentially taken me under their wing and showed me their local haunt and, you know, just showed me a little bit of their scene um, and who they're following. And, you know, so it's been a really good way of meeting incredible people like ourselves who just froth running and then seeing incredible places. Yeah, it's pretty special. And then any close calls with, like, cars, snakes, crocodiles like i'm trying to think spiders like any yeah close death calls close death calls yeah i got chased by a bull up north that was scary um and then i i've seen lots of crocs but i'd never crossed any rivers in fact i i'd had a massive detour one day and had to hitchhike because i wouldn't cross a river i mean i would have but um everyone told me not to cross this river that was croc infested and i had to end up get doing a big detour um seen so many snakes death adders in the north taipans i've seen like even just the other day big black snakes but that's like that's just not now i've run with those all my life you know if you're a runner and you're on the out in summer you're gonna see snakes and i think it's just part and parcel with running um i had a solid two-month window where i probably got swooped a thousand times by magpies really that many was that an exaggeration <laughs> every no nah, it's probably an exaggeration but like <laughs> every run i would just get these magpies just pat, like coming down at me it was the it was horrible just i was out there running for wildlife swiftly like, with my hat above my head swearing black and blue at these birds but you know you love them they're fighters but man not good <laughs> yeah not trying to steal your babies that's what they're always about isn't it 
Um, mm-hmm. And with the snakes, like, have any of them tried to go you? Because everyone's scared of snakes when they're out running solo, but, like, they all go the opposite way, don't they? Have you had any, like, yeah. experience where they come at you? Never. Okay. Never in my whole life. I've seen so many snakes um, and they've never done anything but run away. So I've even stood on the tail of a snake by accident. Um, and I think it was more scared than I was. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Have uh, you? Have you ever had anything nah, go you? No, nah, and I'm still shit scared of snakes. Like, I just know. <laughs> and that's why I wanted you to back me up there and be like, hey, when you come across them, they go the opposite way. So, um, mm. yeah, you've, you've been a good case study for that with all your experiences with them. Um, yeah. What was the big or what is you still going i've got to remember that what is the biggest challenge has been the biggest challenge something that like you didn't know when you planned all this out that it was going to cause potential issues the car is broken down a few times that's probably just my choice of the age of the car that i purchased um that's been a challenge is because you don't have the energy to deal with things in the afternoon and doing a point-to-point logistics has been hard you know where to camp every day finding water finding food finding somewhere to shower somewhere to sleep that's quiet um the logistics is is a couple of hours every single day that saps the energy that you should be recovering and in my head you didn't realize how much you actually had to do so that that was definitely an additional kind of component of this you know not having access access to the things that you would normally have when you're doing an event like um therapy and, and recovery and massage and, and all of that, um, that's been a challenge. I also didn't know if I could even run, you know, what am I, 137 marathons in a row. So I guess the mental strength to get up and start every day was was very tough at the start. I'm definitely getting better now that I can see the finish line. Those first six kilometres, knowing you had a whole another day ahead of you and you're sore and everything hurts and you, you keep tripping over the rocks in front of you because you can't lift your feet. Um, that was all really hard um, and that was understanding what I could go through was, was a big learning curve as well. Um, but with 13 to go, I'll, I feel pretty confident now. I reckon I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, especially rolling into your hometown. Like that's got to have good vibes around it. Good finish line in sight. Yeah, I'm going to finish at the tan at the Botanical Garden. So I'm going to do a lap of the tan to finish um at 6 p.m so i'm gonna it's a monday which is a bit annoying so i needed i'm gonna do it at a time where everyone can roll in after work you're gonna start at 6 p.m no i'm gonna finish I'll finish so at i'll probably start at yeah. around two yeah 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 um which way will you run around the tan up anderson street or down it you you'd have to go up it wouldn't you i haven't thought it through but that's, that's the way that's what i thought but i think i swear someone had an argument maybe it was on our show i don't know i thought when you okay. jog it you go the opposite way than oh. what we race it. Well, I always thought the official way was up Anderson Street, but I don't, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I probably would do that because then you get a 3K down. Mm. Yeah. It's easy I don't know. Body. Not as steep yeah, going down either. Same yeah. quads. <laughs> haven't thought of that. Um, have you been monitoring, I tried to have a look on your Strava, but I don't think you've got Strava going at the moment. We can chat about that in a second. But have you like been monitoring like, um, like the little nerdy things like heart rate and cadence and all those kind of things. Like you must be extremely fit. Like you're just rolling at like 90 beats per minute when you're doing these like marathons yeah. every day. Yeah. I, I think I averaged today. Yeah. I've got Garmin at the moment. I think I averaged 115 beats per minute for, for the, for the marathon, um, which is pretty low. Um, yeah, I am. It's definitely, it's definitely coming down as, as I, as I'm going. Um, you know, though, when your your watch tells me what you like your recovery is, mine's oh, yeah. at a point now. It's like, please take seven days off. 
like, please don't run today. Every day I had to disable it. <laughs> have you got the race predictor on there? That would be interesting because you haven't done oh, any intensity, but you got the huge base. Yeah, no, but it slows you down. It thinks, you, it thinks you're no good because you're only doing like these slow, repetitive. I never get any anaerobic points. It's just like <laughs> maximum aerobic, no anaerobic, like every single time. Deload, deload, deload. <laughs> so it's not doing me any favors. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's very funny. But yeah, no, I definitely look at the metrics. I love it. Um, I look at level elevation. My, my, like, I'm very big on, I've had a run, no joke, the entire elevation, this would have been up north, for the, for the full 42.2 was 60 metres. That's literally just my legs lifting off the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is Moama, Chuka kind of stuff. This is, um, yeah, I, I can relate to that. That's good for you. Yeah. Um, and then the whole Strava situation, I think you kind of hinted at it. Oh, we will put the links to, um, you've spoken to Zaka who works for the show and Chris Armstrong, the mm. Run to PB um, podcast. I've tried not to repeat too much stuff if people want to go and listen to that one. But um, off Strava, privacy yeah, only yeah so i was on there until christmas day and then i was um so i'm camping um and so i don't have a lot of security around me i'm just in a tent um and i was having these issues with i guess boundaries being pushed as to where my start finish was mm. um and so i and the same day i and and it was over a period of a little while where i was didn't want to yeah, I didn't want to go put the map on Strava because I was worried that, you know, people could see exactly where I was camping, particularly when it's just one road and there's only one campsite. Mm. Um, and so I had to take my number off my website and I had to, um, yeah, go off temporarily just, just for security issues. I'm thinking now that I'm back um, in Melbourne where I live and, you know, there's a bit more going on. I'm in very big, like, public places. I'm going to come back. I'm thinking about doing that yeah ASAP but just for that little period and the funny thing was the amount of people that said she isn't doing this this is not real this is it I was like wow I've got off Strava for a week and the whole thing's unraveled people are just <laughs> melting down they're interesting the human race aren't they like it's yeah. interesting and I was like team I've had someone run every single marathon with me like <laughs> yeah yeah and I know you put the boys no, spoke about that yeah sorry you get going it's no, I was just going to say, I know that um, I, I, I know that it shouldn't have to be an issue of security. And it's the first time I've ever had some something like this happen. So I guess I'm just trying to be as, uh, cons- like, say, you know, just safety first, essentially. Yeah, good on you. And it's like that flip side, isn't it? Like you want to be embracing the, you know, the running groups in town and come along. We've never met you before, but here we are. We're going mm. for a run together. But if you're a creep, like, yeah, stay away, please. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm doing instead is I'm just putting my Garmin uh, snapshot up yep. on Insta every day so you can still see all the metrics. And I actually got shown today by um, Simone Brick, who's out here running with me, that you can actually just put on your metrics on Strava but not have the map. So now that I know all this, I'm I'm on the I'm on the way back. <laughs> okay, cool. Because there would be some dickheads out there, like, and it probably doesn't help that people in the past was it the guy that went across America? He was in a car or like on a bike or like he was trying to cheat it kind of thing. Like you've got to, the people jump to that conclusion straight away when well, they stop seeing data. That's Yeah. That's what I was like, you know, and to, to, to do this Guinness thing, you need so much more data mm. than the Strava's ever going to give you anyway, but it was so cool. So I was in Albury, Wodonga and they all came out and ran with me, the Ailes and Trails crew. 
great crew. Yeah. And yeah, they they met this guy. They went for a run with him, and yeah, it would have been a couple of years ago. And then apparently he just jumped in a car and linked to the next town. Like, but I don't know how you get away with that because doesn't Strava show like cadence and heart rate and like and so does Garmin? You know what I mean? Like, how, I don't know how you'd get away with it. Yeah, maybe back then it was different though. What it was spitting out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. But I know these, like, whoever it was in that one across America, like, they were looking up CCTV stuff from, like, servos and stuff where he was meant to have ran and then just seeing, like, a car drive past at that exact time. <laughs> yeah, they got pretty deep. I remember back on the old um, the Marathon Talk podcast, they were they were reporting on how amazing it was and then had to kind of backtrack and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, that person cheated. And, yeah, there was big um, – because I feel like that world is very um, – they're going to dig around. You know what I mean? Like, that ultra – challenge like yeah i feel like if you're going into that space to kind of claim stuff they're going to dig deep and try to find wow that's good though right Mm. i like that i mean i'm not trying to do an fkt i would have been that's the the slowest yeah the slowest fkt in history if i if i was entering that but um no i mean i think it's good you need you this the way to keep it legit i guess i mean it's a shame that there's dickheads but you know i guess it's guess it keeps it verified and back to like the tan, the last day, Melbourne, like are there big celebrations planned for mon- big Monday night planned? Yeah, I mean, as big as this lightweight can take, really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I have a beer sponsor, Young Henry's, and I've been literally on a mid-strength a day and it's making me a little woozy. But um, yeah, definitely, I'm going to crack a tin and I'm going to cross the finish line and hopefully there'll be some people there to celebrate with me. Um Hope we've already hit our target for, for, for fundraising. So if we can go well and above that, that'd be cool. I mean, goals are meant to be blown out of the park. But yeah, it'll be a bit of a party. It's all going to be in the botanical gardens. So can't yeah. wait. Because the goal was a dollar for every kilometre, I think. $62,000. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think it was 64 yesterday, but has it jumped up since then? Yeah, it's at 65 now, I think. And um, to be honest, just between us, um, Young Henry's have been doing some dual fundraising as well. Um, and so there's a little bit more in the kitty from, from them. They've been donating kegs um, through events down the East Coast and 100% of the profits are also going to the cause. Nothing like a good fundraiser than beer. So, um, yeah, I think it'll uh, well and truly. We're at 65, 409 right now. You, do you reckon you'll get to 100? I hope so. Yeah. I'm just thinking I like so. I was on your GoFundMe page yesterday as well. Minimum's five dollars inside running podcast listeners. I know how many people listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you don't and even like the GoFundMe, I didn't realise that you can do a donation without paying like the fee as well. Like you probably yeah, should be paying yeah. the fee, but literally you can get on there inside running podcast listeners. Five dollars, that's all they're gonna take from your uh, bank account. It's a pretty amazing thing you're doing. And do you want to give us a bit more information about exactly where the money's going to the wilderness society? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anyone that loves running in the trails or in the bush or just in parklands, that's what I'm running for. Um, yeah, national parks and, and at-risk wildlife. So Australia is a bit of a world leader in biodiversity loss. We've got 500 animals almost on the endangered list, including the koala. Um, and, yeah, I guess for someone who grew up in the Yarra Valley amidst all these animals, it's just, yeah, it's such a shame because these animals, you know, they might not be around when our kids are. And so, yeah, I'm out here raising money for the Woodness Society who are working to protect um, on a government level but also at a grassroots level, um, yeah, the wild places that house these animals and do what they can to help them. So it's a really good cause. I think you've got to look after all Australians, including the critters. <laughs> yeah, and it would be cool, like, being in their environment, I guess, and seeing stuff that 
maybe us, you know, I don't live in a city, but people in towns and big cities like don't maybe get to experience and now you're kind of out there with them and then, uh, yeah, raising money to help them still be there. Absolutely. And it's the places that we run through as well. I mean, for anyone that's ran through the Blue Mountains or the Great Sandy National Park or, you know, um, what's the closest national park to you, Brady? We've got the Barmer National Park, just about 15 k's, 15, 20 minutes up the road, which I think is the biggest red gum national park in the world. There's some oh, wildlife wow. in there, yeah. We got we got uh, big eagles, of course, like kangaroos. Um, there'd be plenty of snakes in there. Oh, like, you feel different yeah. when you're in there, Akana. <laughs> like it's, it's you get it's like almost spiritual when you're in these places. Like you don't feel like you're on. I don't know. I just feel it's different. Whenever I go to that national park and do my long run, it feels like I'm in a different on a different planet almost. And it's the connection you have with the with the land is um is very special, and the animals are a big part of that. Yeah, 100% agree. I love being out there. It's just so good for your mental health. You just, yeah. And it just makes you feel like you're running just free and wild. It's the best feeling in the world. Mm. As much as I love feeling free and wild on a road, I love being out training through the forests as well. Yeah. With your, um, talking about mental health, when all this ends in two weeks' time, we kind of talk about the post-marathon blues when it's maybe been one race when we, <laughs> when we train for it for 12 weeks and then you knock it over and good or bad, you kind of have that um mental health kind of impact like have you thought about what it looks like after this is all done especially when you've had to put so long into planning it and then be on the you know you're on the you're on 150 of these not just one <laughs> one marathon like have you thought about what that's going to look like when it's all done and dusted yeah i guess i've had to start being under two weeks from the finish line and it's been my entire life for almost six months you know i've been living in a trailer i've been cooking on a stovetop in the middle of the bush surrounded by mosquitoes almost for like since august so it's all I know at the moment. Um, it's going to be a strange, strange world stepping back into having an apartment and a shower and the simplicity around me and, you know, stability in my running. I mean, there's stability in doing the same thing every day, but, you know, just a regular routine. Um, I'm torn if I use my engine to, you know, I, I, I've never done an, I've done one ultra. I'm like, okay, do I go off and do something long or do I use this as a base, layer some speed on top and then go out and smash a Gold Coast? Um, and I was telling you offline earlier, I've entered Valencia inspired by yourself and Sinead and all, you know, fast and flat. So I'm like, all right, do I reload and go fast or do I try and absolutely, you know, do my best in the long and slow? And I'm sitting on the fence and I might let my body decide after this and see what, see what happens. You could do both though, couldn't you? Find something in like... April, May, that's long, and then kind of top up, recover, top up with some speed for for July, Gold Coast. Yeah, maybe. I'm like at Valencia. Yeah, but like I said, it takes me a long time to build into something. So if I have a goal in, you're probably right. But if I have a, I, I would feel more confident going into something with like the training I know that will work for it. Um, and I'm, I do miss going fast. Um, we were, we were, we were kind of going at like high four minute k pace today which has been fast for me just because we were on the flat and i had my coach here and it felt good to be moving at a fast clip and so i do crave i do crave speed i do crave a 10k where you just feel that metallic taste in the back of it like i haven't had that in so long so i think it is we'll see I don't know how long it's going to take you to build fitness though like you've been running it's, it's 295k weeks 
I think yeah. the, the tank is there. Like, I, I don't think we can use that. I don't have enough talent excuse and it takes ages to, to get fit. Like, it's going to be an do interesting... Do you think it's different though? Like, do you think the speed is a different... Like, it's a whole different system. It's your anaerobic system. I just don't know if mine exists right now. <laughs> There's that famous Craig Mottram quote, which I'm going to get wrong, but it was something like, you know, it takes years to build strength and two weeks to get speed. Like, it's... You, you're worth the good... System. You know what I mean? You can get quick... Yeah, you're yeah. not going to feel great doing 200 meter sprints in a couple of weeks time, but do that for a couple of weeks and the body's going to be ticking over, right? I reckon it's going to be an interesting... Oh, this um, is good. I think, yeah, yeah just playing Craig Mottram if it doesn't work. I think he said something like that. <laughs> um, but it's going to be an interesting case study. Like when we see uh, potentially Gels Park in April, AV yeah, season, yeah. like, yeah, the listeners be able to keep track of that. And um, yeah, hopefully, because are you worried at all about any long-term injuries? No, I maybe that's naive of me, but I'm okay. You know, I had all the injuries the early days and now I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to respect the recovery a million percent. I mean, my hormonal system, adrenal system, my ligaments, everything's going to need a rest. But similar to yourself, I'd been doing, you know, not this obviously, not 300, but like over 100 kilometers for a very long time. I think I was at the right time to do this and I've definitely been, I guess, respecting how I approach every marathon. So no, I think I think I should be okay, but I could eat my words also. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. As I said, it'd be fa- fascinating to like, yeah, keep track of what happens in the next couple of years off the back of this. And do you feel yeah. any pressure to go bigger and better? Like is there – when you do something like this, do you sit down and go, how do I keep the audience? How do I stay relevant? What's the next – you know, I don't want to use the word crazy because I think that gets thrown around, um, you know, willy-nilly, but an extreme kind of challenge um, to match it? Or you're just like, this is done, I'm yep. going back to running fast marathons and ultras and stuff? That's a really good question. And, yes, I definitely have that thought process all the time. You know, I don't – you know, you want to keep the momentum. You've done something big. You you, you do. And then I'm – I don't want to run another country this long because this is taking six months and absolutely taking everything I've got. Um, yeah, I, I do have, I do feel that. I, I don't know yet what to do. I'm kind of so in this at the moment that I haven't thought of the next thing. Um, but I can say I have met some absolutely incredible people out here while I've done this um, who all have cool ideas. And um, so who knows? I might get hooked and, and do something similar. Or I might go off completely different. Um, at the moment, I don't know. But, yes, I do feel that pressure. Yeah, because your identity could very easily get wrapped up in she's the lady that ran from the top of Australia to the bottom and the Guinness World Record holder. Like, it's, yeah, it's an mm. interesting one. And I think it's if I go and get a. If I think if I can go and get a really fast marathon, maybe I'll get like a, a second layer of kudos. So I might use this to go yeah. fast, but but who knows? We'll, we'll speak to Craig and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, just tell <laughs> young Henry she's going over to do some challenge in Valencia and uh, can you hook me up? Yeah. Or something? yeah, that's your next challenge. Don't tell him just, it's just 42K. Um, what else? I've got a whole lot of things here. I think I've got through most of them. Um, the Wilderness Society, I want to say it again, listeners, five bucks. You know, that's the minimum they take. You can give her more, of course. Uh, Khan is one of us. She's been around the AV scene for years. She does all the marathons. What did I say? Canberra, Brisbane, Hobart, Melbourne. You've pretty much done them all, haven't you, in Australia? There's a lot of them there. I haven't done anything in Perth. I'd love to go to Perth. No one has, I don't think, unless you live in Perth. But, um, (laughs) yeah, one of us, good runner, doing a good challenge. So if you can donate it all to a good cause, we'll put the links in the show notes. 
Akana, thank you so much for uh, giving up an hour for the Inside Run podcast. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for the support. Good luck in the next couple of um, next couple of weeks. Any can you can randoms just rock up at the ten? Like if we got listeners Absolutely. in Melbourne, can they be there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, all of my runs now are public. So anyone's more than welcome to join. So yeah, come along um, or message me, and I'll tell you where I am. Uh, and then that final that final marathon will be a free for all. So come for a run, and it doesn't have to be forty two. You can come for two k's or five k's or ten k's or whatever. So yeah, love the company. Any other sponsors you want to plug? Give a big shout out for who else has helped you? Yeah, so Tarkine, the shoes. Yep. So they're a new little startups. Um, they also Sam Burke from Running Tribe. Um, has and yeah, a few 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 kids over there doing good things with recycled shoes. I've been wearing them since I started, and they're pretty exceptional. So yeah, check them out. They're putting all their profits, well, sorry, a percentage of their profits back into the environment as well. So yeah, good how, company. How many pairs are you going through? I know it's probably a boring question that you get on commercial, <laughs> commercial radio all the time, but I'm interested. Yeah, I've gone through a fair few. Um, I, I probably I, I alternate every day, so I wear a pair on Monday, a different pair on Tuesday, a different pair on Wednesday, then go back. So I'm using three at a time. Um, they just gave me a prototype trail shoe, which I think I'm allowed to say, and it's very it's it's yeah I'll take that for a spin tomorrow. It's a size bigger. Um, I'm a nine and a half now. When I started, I was a nine, just from that foot swelling. Yeah. Um, but I would say yeah, eight eight pairs of are done, and I'm on three more that will won't will probably get me to the finish line. And when you say like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pair kind of thing, is it the same model? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Like, yeah. Because yep. I know we'll run it. Well, I know me as a runner, I enjoy mixing up the models to be like, okay, I was in the super spongy one yesterday. Let's go with something a bit firmer. Like, are you looking forward to getting home and just getting into something different just to mix it up a bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely just, it's a road shoe where I'm the same. Back home, I had a speed shoe, a, a flat, you know, a a road shoe a spongy shoe um it has been a lot of the same um it's been fine for what i'm doing um now that i have a trail shoe and i'm on the trails it's working well but yeah i think when i get back um we'll see we'll see what event i pick and maybe by then they'll have a racer out too like they're only a couple of years old so i'm kind of going with them um yeah we'll see sam has been on the show as well talking about the origins of the um yeah the business so he was uh he was good with that our friends over at runners tribe any other sponsors you want to give a plug to before yeah. we go oh they're the big ones um yeah i mean talk about campers have been absolute legends i've got the sunscreen sunsense they've they've jumped on board and yeah young henry's have given a, a good route too so yeah they're, they're they're the key ones my coach is doing a lot bigger bigger coaching as well if you're in collingwood anita need somewhere to run they're a good group good crew um great people and if anyone's listening corporate-wise, is there still opportunities to get on board these last couple of weeks? Oh, I mean, potentially. It's the tail end now. Um, so, but I mean, anything that can go towards cause, I'm not going to say no to. I think I can definitely get home um, on my own. But yeah, anything towards, I guess, the run and the cause, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's blow that up as much as we can because it's all going to a good, for a good thing. Yeah, well said. Thank you, Akana, for your time. Um, good luck the next couple of weeks. You're pretty much home, I'm feeling, but hopefully nothing goes wrong in the last uh, two weeks. And enjoy hopefully. what way are you coming through. Like you're up in Bright now. What kind of towns you ticking off? Yeah, I'm going to go to um, – so we're doing Mount Buffalo tomorrow. And I've surprisingly got a crowd who are going to come and run with me. Um, so mountains into Wangaratta, 
through to King Valley, Mansfield, Yarra Valley, Melbourne. Cool. So good. in over the mountains. Gonna say a few hills in there, but you'll be right for that. Awesome, Akana. <laughs> Thanks for your time and yeah, giving up an hour. Um, I'm surely pretty tired for the Inside Runner podcast. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here.